Welcome back to liveanimated.com. Let's learn something new. I have a very special guest with me tonight. I've never met this guy before, only through LinkedIn. His name is Alvin Gino. Am I saying your name correctly? You're saying it right. Awesome. Thanks, man. Uh, so Alvin Gino is an animator, a cinematic animator. Uh, he sent me a message on LinkedIn a little bit ago. Uh, I was working at Digital Domain at the time, but I did not see the message in time so we can connect because we were hiring at the time. But I saw his work afterwards, and I reached out to him and said, hey, I would like you to be on the show. And he was like, yeah, man. He was like, that'd be awesome. So I'm glad to have you here. Nice to be here. To talk to you about what you do. Awesome. So right now, if we go right into it, you are a cinematic animator at Blizzard Entertainment. Can you take us through what your day-to-day -day is like working at Blizzard? Everybody knows who Blizzard is. But what's your day-to-day -day like? I feel so exposed. <laughs> well, okay, so... Uh, first of all, working at Blizzard is awesome. Uh, it's a dream job for me, uh, so I'm I'm really glad to be there. I work with like some really awesome people, but my day to day. So, I get to work usually really early. So like um, I get to work usually like at 8 a.m. And um, usually, depending on what project you're working on, you have dailies at different times, right? Some people have dailies right in the morning, but I don't. Um, I don't have dailies in the morning. So um, when I get to work, usually. Uh, have shots that have been assigned to me. Personally, what I like to do is, um, I use a software to watch you know, the current edits just to get psyched up. It's always nice to see the work everyone's doing. So when I watch it, I'm like just inspired and like there's some really cool shots. I'm like, oh wow, like, oh that's cool. Oh, that's awesome. Like, <laughs> wow, the show is like really cool. And so that gets me in the zone. Afterwards, uh, then I just look at the shots I have. Uh, usually I'm working on a sequence of shots at the same time. So I usually cut all my shots together in sequence. I, I watch them together with uh, a few other animated shots before and after. And I just take a, a back seat and I have a look at how my shots look, what the goals of the production are, and what I want to get done before dailies that day. Um, so like right now I have dailies later in the evening. So I just get to it. I sit at my desk and I, uh, I start animating. This is, of course, having like shot reference and having prepared the previous days. So on the is this day, reference that you do for yourself or is it a reference that you guys come as a collective to make sure it's consistent? So it depends. It depends on what's happening. So usually, you know, when you have like shot kickoffs or, uh, or when a show is starting, right, and you get together with the directors, the producers, the editors, uh, you, you leave with a clear direction of what's going on. Uh, the team is super collaborative. So sometimes you get to shoot reference as a group. Uh, sometimes you get to shoot reference yourself. Sometimes... You show the reference, sometimes you don't. It just depends on a case-by-case -case scenario. But um, usually, I usually talk it out. I usually like to know what the, the shows are about, what the intent of the shots are. I, I really want to get into why was this in the, sh in, the, in the movie and what do you specifically want to get out of the character at that time. So uh, my day-to-day -day that I'm taking you through, I get to work in the morning, watch the edits. This is having already done that stuff a previous day. So when I get in, I'm watching the current state of the edits, watching the current state of my shots, looking at the goals I want to hit and the notes I got previously, getting focused, I sit down and I animate. So, so usually every day is like when you get in, you're always seeing a progression of it getting better every and day. better and better. Every day I watch not just the show or movies I'm working on, but all the ones in production. Mm -hmm. I always come in a little bit earlier so I have the time to like always, I don't know, I like the top level. I like seeing because when you watch... Let's say I'm working on movie A and movie B and C are happening at the same time. When you see them fully in context, you start to appreciate what makes the specific one you're on unique because mm -hmm. they're different. Mm -hmm. And that helps you when you then focus on it to understand why 
this is different from the other shows. That way, it just helps me get into the mood and the energy I need to deliver that, what that show needs. So when I sit back and I'm like, okay, so this show had this style, and I noticed that because while comparing it to the other ones, it really feels this way. And um, uh, I'm usually super communicative. So when I'm working on a shot and I feel like, so I get in 8 a.m. working on my shots. Um, sometimes I do, I do quick passes all the time. Um, sometimes I ping the leads like, hey, I just sent out a new pass. Do you want to check it out? Let me know what you think. Sometimes they come over. Sometimes they go to them. If I can reach them, I'm always like bugging a teammate. And it's amazing the kind of stuff you can find out from like just fresh eyes. Like sometimes it's the simplest stuff but because you get so focused on like small details like, yeah, that's really important, fresh eyes. Like, uh, I think it's most important when you're ending a shot on the day and you're like, oh, I know if I start going into this limb or this part of the animation, I'm going to be here all night. Let me just stop. And then you'll come in the morning and be like, this don't look that bad. This looks pretty good. I don't know if I need to touch this or I'll come back to it later. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And and so I try, um, luckily, I have like a sit-stand desk. Yeah. Oh, nice. Those so nice. I keep switching that up every hour just like so you, I don't even know if my posture right now is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just so I can take care of my body. So I usually sit and work till like noon because like that's when I take my lunches. Sometimes uh, I take my lunches by myself and I want to like catch up on a book and stuff. But usually I, I meet up with my teammates and we get to bond a little bit mm. because like, you know. It's important. Yeah. It's, it's nice to know who you're working with and build those relationships because like, other animators are so talented and such, like, well, we're blessed that we work in a field where, like, the kind of people who are attracted to it and not the kind of people who want to just be rich and famous because mm -hmm. it's hard work, right? Mm -hmm. So most of the personalities are actually really fun and, and awesome to be around. So I try my best to, like, bond with the animators I'm with, get to know them personally, learn their stories because that's what we do. We, we make movies to share all our unique stories. And, like, man, there's so many talented, fascinating people who just, like, leave you inspired, cheer you up. Because, you know, sometimes you're feeling a little bit down. Someone's a little bit brings that energy. Or sometimes someone's feeling down and you bring that energy. And that's, it's awesome. So you get back to your desk after lunch and you're like, feel fired up again. And you can make it through the food coma because you have a little bit of energy left. And uh, usually I work through the end of the day. Um, usually later in the evening I have dailies. So um, I have a rule. 30 minutes before dailies, I don't. Like, I, do, I submit a pass for dailies 30 minutes before dailies. Those the last 30 minutes, I'm not doing anything I'm showing that day. Because I've found out that when I'm trying to get something in the last minute, I usually, like, rush it. I don't give it the, the time it deserves because I'm trying to get it in last minute. So I'm like, no, I'll, if, if that's really important, I'll tell them I'm planning to do it within the, the showing. Otherwise, I'm like, I'll get it in the next day. That's smart. That's wise. That's a good way to do it. So you don't feel rushed. Yeah. You don't go in there sweating bullets because you know you didn't do your best on the last, exactly. which you worked on And last. sometimes you do that last minute thing and it totally, because animation, you move one thing, it may cascade into a lot of changes. Yeah. So I so do all it the, What's all these twitches in the arm? Exactly. Oh, I was trying to change this yeah. for the thing. My render's busted. It's no time for excuses when you go in and show in front of everybody. Yeah, and plus when you have a big production and there's a lot of people, time is money. Yeah. So I don't want to waste your time. I don't want you to waste my time. So it's like... Um, Besides, you know, I know when dailies is. So uh, like three hours after lunch, before my dailies, I know that by this time, I must have it at a place where I intend to show. And then I always save that version of like, this is the version I want to show today. Everything I'm doing is like, is more. So I don't necessarily have to show that right now. If I do get it done in time, awesome. But if I don't, I manage to get the crucial parts that needed to be sold to the director early. And then usually at the end of the day, I always, I go back home. Uh, work is really good at, 
making sure you go home on time. They take care of us. So That's I, good. It sounds like there's a good culture there. Yeah, so you don't have to culture is amazing. Don't have to do crunch. But we all know what crunch is for. It's yeah. for those passionate people who yep. are like, I got to get this done. I got to get this done. Yep. I want to get it done so I have joy in the work I'm doing yep. and then I can go home happy. Exactly. So yeah, that's awesome. Well, cool, man. That's pretty cool. So what we're going to do is we're going to go way back. Let's go way back. Oh, here, here, back here's, in time. Here comes back the in investigation. Time. Back in time. We're going to start with the education. So it looks like you went to <coughs> King's College Budo. Okay. Am I saying that right? Yeah, you say that amazingly right. All right, great, great, great. So um, were you fascinated by animation as a child? We're starting at college. I've seen some people, they have like high school. They have like, they go back even further. Yeah. But since we're starting at college, was animation something that was always there for you? Or at King's College, was that something that you got into when you got into college? So King's College is actually a Ugandan high school. Oh, nice. Like, so like the education system back home is different from america okay so like i think is animation as big there as it is no here? it's not or not it at all growing not at all no? uh, it's growing right now because we've had um a couple of animators in uganda who've traveled and done some projects like off the top of my head there's this guy called solomon jagwe who was like one of the first ugandans who was an anime animator that i ever met and i was like oh what a ugandan made it as an animator oh that's awesome but back home the industry is not it's not huge. It's not uh, so. King's College Buddha is actually a boarding school. So think Hogwarts, Harry Potter. Ah, yeah, okay, but okay, it's okay. actually a high school. So they. Oh, okay, okay. So I was there for the equivalence of there was other schooling before that, but I was there for the equivalence of what you'd call grades in the U.S. Twelfth is the last grade, right? Yes. So senior be, year. Yeah, it would be the equivalent of grade twelve and thirteen. Oh, okay. So it's like you went to like a pre-college. Thirteen would be like a pre-college, like yeah. college preparatory type stuff. Kind of in the the U.S. equivalent, yes. Okay. And what I was studying there, I was studying physics, chemistry, math, and art. Okay. I always had uh, I always took art on the side because I grew up in a household. My my dad was a computer guy. Okay. So nice. from the time I was a little kid, there was computers around and computer games. One of the first games I got my hands on as a little kid was Mortal Kombat. Oh wow! That's and way um, was that like one or two? That was like the, the had to be the first. Uh, one. Dude, I played all. Oh wait, two thousand eight? Nah, that wasn't one or two. No, 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 no. This that was is, like no, but like this is before then. Like oh, okay, like, okay, okay. Like you know, like this just like general art experience at the time. Like gotcha. because there's no animation industry back home. Yeah, by the time two thousand eight, two thousand nine, I had okay. That's I think Iron Man was out by this time. Because I remember around that time, that's when I was thinking about, those last two years, was when I was thinking about, like, maybe I should become an animator. Okay. But I didn't know how. Okay. And uh, at this, so King's College, luckily, is one of the most prestigious schools back home. Nice. So, yes, yeah, so if, it's, if it's like high school, some people call it, like, overseas that I know, like, university instead of college. But it's, it's, it's literally No, there is university after that. So oh, okay. high school. Okay, okay. And then university. But I was lucky enough to get into one of the best, if not the best, school back home. That's awesome. Like, you get in on merit only. Like, you have to hit seven grades to get there. And I'm nice. lucky that I was around people who motivated me and helped me get in. But still, it, there's no, like, animation program. Right. Uh, but when I was at that school, uh, they had a computer club. And I was a nerd. And I love computers. And um, Adobe reached out. Mm. So I owe a lot of my career to Adobe. They had this program called Adobe Youth Voices. That's and at awesome. the time, it hadn't started. I was part of the very first group. So Adobe reached out to a couple of schools, King's College, Budo included. And they're like, hey, we're going to give you like a software package, like Photoshop. Uh, like it was like uh, it was a lighter version of Photoshop at the time. It was one of the Adobe suites because the yeah, CC stuff wasn't out exactly. yet. Exactly. Okay. Give you like one of the, the, the suites that had more of like this creative creating programs. And they gave them to a bunch of schools, like mm -hmm. those Oxford schools across the world. I remember looking at the list and I was like, damn. 
But anyways, they reached out this to... This is a big deal. Yeah, no, yeah. They, but they reached out to our school. And like, so like one of the ladies who run the computer club reached out to me. I was like, hey, Alvin, I'd like to pick you and uh, fellow computer nerd, Graham, to be part of, to participate in this competition. Mm-hmm. So Adobe asked us to make something unique about your culture. Now, I remember I took one, list, one look at the schools and I was like, there's no way, there's no way. I looked at some of those names, there's no way I'm making, I'm winning this competition. So what I did was I, I was like, since I'm going to lose, may as well have fun with it. So I, uh, in Uganda. That's an interesting take on it. It, yeah. it made you be more relaxed. Yeah, bit, yeah. Right? at the time I didn't realize. This, this, this proved to be a huge learning moment for me that, has, that taught me a lesson I've used my entire career. But at this moment I was like, well, there's no way I'm going to beat uh, school X. I'm going to name school X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to have fun. I'm just going to do what I want because it's like my chance to just get my ideas out there. So what I did was I... I went, Uganda like has weird transportation. They have okay. like taxis that are run privately owned. They have conductors and like they, they try and bribe you or coerce you to get in. It's like, it's, it's a salesman. Oh, did they, ch- did they try to like take your money after you get out? Like, oh, it was this much to take you here. No, no, no. They, they, they tell you how, how, how it is up front, but there's so many of these, because they're privately owned, there's so many of these uh, okay. transportation types as minibuses that the the one you choose is the one who you like the personalities of the people uh, the most. Okay, okay. So they're like really charming. Sometimes they dress up in costumes. Yeah, yeah. But the experience is kind of weird because sometimes it's always the driver and a conductor, the two guys who own it. Okay. So it's this really awkward experience. But then we also have like Boda Bodas, which are like guys on bicycles and stuff. Mm-hmm. So lots of transport stuff. But it's kind of weird. So what I decided was like, I'm going to pay a couple guys to act out just to give people the experience of if you came and landed at the airport and had to get to the main city, this is the funny, weird stuff you have to go through. We have potholes that are so large, cars would get lost in them. Oh, wow. Back out. I thought it was funny. Those are like sinkholes. Yeah, pretty much. And so I, I filmed that and I sent it off and I forgot about it. And uh, I think a month or two later, I got a letter in the mail that was like, hey, uh, congratulations, you have been selected as one of the I don't remember how many participants who are going to come to the United States and attend a, a youth a two week long youth summit where wow. you meet professionals in your industry That's and awesome. you'll get to learn. Yeah. And I wasn't excited about that at the time because it's like oh, I'm just going to go meet a bunch of professors. So you so you still didn't feel like you won anything or that you going to the next phase it didn't sink in and you're like wow no, they really like what I did. I was just no I never felt like they liked what I did. I always felt like I guess they just did me a, a solid. Like, they just helped me out. I'm like, I guess, like, maybe they are just like, oh, that's cute. Yeah, yeah. We'll kind of, like, you know, but maybe they saw something that I didn't realize at okay. the time. Okay. Right? So, like, I got to give them credit because seeing where I am today, maybe somebody saw something that I didn't see at the time. I'm really grateful for the opportunity, though. So, they sponsor my visa. They pay my plane trips. Uh, and I come to the U.S. for the first time. Wow. And this was 2009. Okay. My first time in the United States. So you were were you already done with your 12th and 13th year? No, or I wasn't. Was, this okay. was like so you had to go my back. senior year. Okay. And like I wasn't you you need to understand that this school is very much like on the academics and we were coming up to our final exams. Mm-hmm. And uh, to be honest with you, it started a fight between my parents. Cuz they wanted you to stay and finish Cuz my dad grades. was like, yeah, you've been doing well, your future is important. You you can't just be leaving the country at a time like this. Because also to do this project, I had to take a laptop to school, and in in my in the culture, my home country, that is unheard of. Mm-hmm. You can't have computers in your school at the time. Yeah. Right now, it's probably different because everybody won't have one, right? It's yeah, like, 
But at that yeah. time, it's like, no, they wanted to protect kids from the bad side of the internet. Uh, you know what I mean? They yeah. didn't want to mislead you. It was just a very protective thing. So my parents had a huge fight about that. And like, luckily, my mom snuck me her laptop. And that's why I did this Should project. you be saying that on camera, man? <laughs> it's, I mean, it's many Make years sure ago. Dad, but <laughs> dad doesn't hear this. But no, no, but it's, it's like. That's awesome. Moms yeah. are great, right? Yeah, moms. Yay, moms. Um, but anyways, what I'm, what I'm getting to is I left during my senior year, which is really risky. Because that means I missed the mock exams. Before you do the big exams, you do like a test exam that's really hard. Mm -hmm. And if you pass that, you'd be confirmed to pass the big one. Mm -hmm. Didn't get to do that because I was traveling to the United States. So I came here underwhelmed, being like, I'm just going to meet a bunch of college professors. Day one, uh, they house us in like Stanford campus. So I got to see Stanford University. That's awesome. Living in their, their dorms or residence halls at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, we, in one of the halls, we get to meet our first media professional who at the time, I hope I get his name right, was David Yanabachi, who was one of the creative directors at ILM. Okay, nice. This dude walks up and shows like Iron Man behind the scenes footage. Now- Everybody's at, jaw dropped up, this, everybody at, was just like, Yeah, dude, what? at this point in my life, I'm like, Iron Man was one of the reasons I wanted to be an animator, but I wanted to be an animator for all the wrong reasons. Mm, okay. I just liked the foolery of it. I just okay. thought it was so cool to make something that was not real and people didn't realize. And I was like, I wanna do that. I wanna make something so real and be like, ha, fooled you. And uh, he, he talks a lot about um, how he got there and what the process, what their day-to-day -day is like and what it's like being in the industry. And uh, as a kid, I knew his name because I'd seen it on credits. And you know how he always had those dreams of like, I wish I had the chance to meet this guy and ask him these mm -hmm, questions. Mm -hmm. I got to sit with him till four in the morning. Oh, wow, talking. Talking. By yourself or was it with you with the other group well, of people? Well, no, other people, but no one was interested in asking him the questions. They probably didn't realize uh, you know who what was I mean? sitting in front so of them. So for me, it was like, dude, it was so real that like one of these guys I always wanted to meet was right next to me and he was chatting to with me till four in the morning. Mm -hmm. And... Um, Guess what? Um, he, uh, I, I told him, like, hey, I'm applying to MIT. I've been working really hard. I want to be an animator. And he's like, MIT? No offense to MIT. But he's like, you need to go to art school. I'm like, I've never heard of art school. I'm like, what's that? Mm. He's like, he went to the Academy of Art University. Mm -hmm. So I picked the Academy of Art University. Based on that? Just because he said so. Oh, wow. And That's that was crazy, it. man. That's awesome. Yeah, so like... Huge uh, motivators, it sounds like you had. And we got to meet some... We got to meet the Black Eyed Peas. We got to meet some so many cool artists. And then we had like little projects where like we had week-long challenges. Like, hey, you're going to make a video using these tools. And so they'd give us basic tutorials on Photoshop and After Effects. And it's funny because that stuff kicked off my my desire to to animate and stuff. So, um, yeah, they, they, they gave us this basic stuff. And in the week we learned, we left with a lot of basic skills. Yeah. But the kind of skills that you can now go be creative with. So I come back to Uganda and my parents are like, huh, maybe our son has potential. But here's the thing. For my family, I don't come from like a rich family. So the idea of going to America to study animation is ridiculous. Did There's they already no have in their mind what they wanted you to become and this was not a part of it like not a part of their plan um yeah yeah so so um my parents of course uh, the culture there is very protective but uh i have three siblings before me i'm the youngest so luckily for me as a child um uh, my my siblings always wanted to do specific things but my parents were kind of a little bit more strict so they never got to so at a young age, I decided I was going to work really hard and get good grades. So that at the time where I had to make a decision, I got to make my decision because I would have prove, proven to them that I had. Yeah, they'd have no, no argument have no against no argument you. against me. Yeah. And luckily for me, life kind of worked out that way. Where at That's this awesome. point in time, but there was a big problem, money. 
how are my parents going to afford to get me to live in the United States? Anyways, I took the final exams. I did well. Uh, good, good. I got a scholarship to study computer science. And then we had this animation thing. So, of course, it's like, hey, you could study computer science for free. Mm. You could, because could, could, like the family doesn't have to pay for it, people would be better off. You could get this huge skill set. You could become a computer engineer. Like, there's lots of engineering jobs. Wait, how would it be free? How would, what did it mean do it for free? Just learn it on your own or something? Uh, I or? got a scholarship to study computer science. So ah, like yes. My, okay, my okay. university would have been paid for. Got you. Okay, I, okay. Uh, when I, I did well in high school and I was offered a computer science scholarship at Makerere University, which is okay. one of the universities back home in Uganda. Oh, okay. Versus coming to the States. We don't have the money. But anyways, because of the Adobe thing, my parents are like, maybe. Maybe you can do it. So they took out a ton of loans. A ton. They reached Did they put those in your name? Because I think that was the thing that, that, that they tell parents to dude, do. There's a crazy story. <laughs> they they so took they out to in my, my name. They, they put one of their companies, because they had like a small business. Okay. They put it on the line. They did all the stuff for me. But the hope was that when you get to college, you've always been working hard. You're going to get a, you're going to get a scholarship because you're a hard worker. Yeah, yeah. So I came to the States. Um, my parents have never been here to visit me. Even since still? I, since 2010. Okay. I haven't okay. seen my parents in six years. Wow. Um, but that's a story for another moment. Yeah, man. That's crazy. But, yeah. But, that's, but, that's a big deal. But anyways, they take the risk and they put me in the U.S. And I start at the, the next, the next education bit, which is like a, so you went to the school that was recommended to yeah, you, right? Yeah, so I went to the Academy of Art University because nice. David Yanabayachi said so. I never researched, like, are there people who look like me? Are there right. sports I like? Right. No, it's just he said so. I liked him, and naively I chose that. That's Lucky awesome. for me, it was in the Bay Area. Mm, okay. There's Pixar, there's ILM, there's, there's industry talent. So I get to the Academy, and the Academy was an interesting experience. Mm-hmm. Because as a young kid, and I came from a poor family, and people, my friends don't know this, but like uh, my parents had to be on like a payment plan. Mm. So for me, at any moment, this dream could be over. At any moment, because like I was always late on my payments. I can show you emails for days telling you, uh, explaining that, hey, your payment needs to come in time and stuff like that. And um, but you know, like it I sounds like a lot of stress you had, a, you were dealing with it's, that it's, you had no control over. It's too, funny, or? but it didn't stress me out. Didn't? Wow. No, it it because my parents committed so much. My brain did this thing where I put that in a box and was like, I have a job to do, and this is the only shot I have at doing it. So I better freaking do it. So, so you every them. problem that was at home, I was like, my parents got that. Yeah. They didn't send me here to worry about that. That's, I'm just gonna work good. my butt off. That's so awesome, I, dude. I ate digital tutors tutorials. Uh, now it's called Pluralsight. I, I, I picked all the seniors' brains. I have great friends who I met my first day at school. Like, till this day. I remember those guys gave me advice. And I, like, they told me to, like, just practice. And I just, like, I just worked hard. Yeah, And good. then uh, somehow along the way, the school had, uh, this is a lady. Her name is Lana Baczynski. Mm-hmm. Also works at Blizzard. Amazing, phenomenal lady. She's awesome animator. She studied, uh, she helped revitalize the animation club at the, com- at the school, which mm-hmm. is now Tea Time Animation Club. It's really okay. big now. Cool. And uh, I went there, and it was like this community of animators who'd come together every Friday and just start talking shop. So, Ha, Lana Baczynski, and uh, Brandon, oh, what's Brandon's last name? Jesus. But Brandon and Lana <laughs> would give me feedback. Mm-hmm. And that stuff would make differences in my work. Then I found out that the school had Pixar classes. So these were like special classes that were taught by the Pixar animators that you had to like apply and it mm-hmm. went to Pixar and get. I'm like, oh man, Pixar, that's like quality animation. So I used to work my butt off. I applied the Pixar classes three times and failed. Mm. 
and I, I used to get so mad. Like, you know, maybe I was arrogant, maybe I was naive. I was like, why, why are people's work better than my, you know, like young kid who thinks they're a hotshot? My work is better than a person's. How come he got in and I didn't? I try again, I didn't. I try again, I didn't. But luckily, I used to get fired up to keep trying. And the first time I got into the first Pixar class, and uh, the first Pixar class took me back to basics. It was all like bouncing balls, walk cycles, but it was it was fascinating because like being taught by somebody who worked at a studio that I respected, I was all ears. Does it make sense? It's just yeah. So you didn't it didn't matter that you like, were going back to the fundamentals. Yeah, it was like well, these guys. I, there was a trust there that yeah. maybe I didn't have with other instructors at the time, but that was a great experience because I remember the first class was called. Uh, like intro to animation principles, hence the bouncing ball stuff. And I did well in the class. I had Casey Roya and Simon, amazing Pixar animators at the time. Um, I maybe I'm not sure if they're still at Pixar right now, mm-hmm. um, but those guys were amazing. They taught me a lot. That's awesome. And then I went to the second class, which had um, forgive me, I don't remember my second class as instructors, but my review in this class, I had a C in this class. And my review said, and this is one of the most important parts of my career. Alvin clearly understands physics, but his work lacks character. Mm. How did that affect you, man? That, that I was sounds upset. deep. I almost quit animation. I remember like going back to my desk. And here's the thing. As a young student from Uganda who came to the States, I wanted to work hard and, prove, and like make my parents proud. So I was learning everything. I was learning modeling, rigging, and people would compliment my models, but people wouldn't compliment my animation. Mm. I'd always get like, oh, your models are awesome, your sculpts are awesome, but my animation never really got compliments on that. So to hear this in this class, I had to take a week off. It happened around spring break when I got this review, so I took a week off just to... Oh, wow, that really affected you then. Yeah, I took a week off to be like, what, what, I literally did not animate a thing. I did not do any, because you know you could still, during spring break, you could get work done. I did nothing. I just contemplated this, like, what am I, my work lacks. Like, it, it, it hurt, especially hearing it from somebody at Pixar who I trusted, saying my work lacked character, it was like, it was devastating. And then uh, there's this young, uh, I used to be a, a resident assistant at the time, that's how I managed to live in the States. Uh, thank God for the school and everyone who had me as an RA. Um, but I met this young animator called Cody Lyon. Cody was one of my residents. And right now we're super best friends. It's one of my best friends ever. He's an amazing animator too. He's at Pixar right now. Uh, Cody was this young animator who when he came, all he cared about was animation. This man never modeled, never rigged. He'd get mm-hmm. like free rigs, which for me at the time was blasphemy. Yeah. You mean you didn't make that rig yourself? But I didn't know how specialized the industry was. Mm-hmm. I was naive. Not that people can't be generalists. It's just that each facet is so sophisticated and complicated that to make it into these big studios we dream of, you have to be able to execute it at their level. Mm-hmm. Or close, or even better because they want to be able to plug you in and have confidence or make themselves better. And the only way to get there is like, man, like the amount of deep diving just in animation that I've done till this day, it's, it's ridiculous. And the amount of riggings my other friends have done, it's deep. It's not that you can't do both, but it's, it's just harder. And you only it's have so much time. It's a different path and avenue. It depends what you're trying to do. Exactly. So I decide to like, you know what? Um, I'm going to just like, after I stressed, I was like, I'm just going to focus on animation. I'm going to just give it a shot because the way I decided was like, when people model better than me, I don't get upset. When people draw better than me, I didn't get upset. When people animated better than me, I was always upset. So I guess that's the thing I care about the most. I went by what upset me the most. That was your time to see how bad do you want it. Yeah, but and you that, made the right choice, it sounds I, like. I hope, yeah, I love it. But the key thing is, uh, oh God, I think it was, it was Mark Harris from Pixar who gave me that review. And that has been the most important thing in my life because him telling me I, my work didn't have characters, it 
it set me on this crazy hunt to figure out what character is. Mm. What is character? What separates this real from this real? And then I started reading, dude, I've read so many books on acting, performance, movies, character. Appeal, I've, looked at, I've watched yeah. so many videos on what is character. And, and like, it set me on this path on understanding that there's a difference between moving things really nicely and bringing them to life. Mm-hmm. The first paragraph of, when you finish the foreword of Illusion to Life, mm-hmm. Frank, and Ollie, Frank, Frank Johnson says that there are so many studios that make, quote unquote, Disney animation. But so many of the studios fall and fail, fall by the wayside and don't, like, I'm paraphrasing, of course. Yeah, no, that's fine. Right? This, I'm not but, quizzing you on nothing. <laughs> but he does say that even if it looks or is drawn as well or moves as well as the Disney work does, it's missing a certain quality that hopefully he can pass on with this book. But he, he, it's the first paragraph, and he's talking about how, and I've read this book multiple times, only made sense a lot later, and he's talking about how there's a quality that it, it's not just you just draw the thing well or move the thing well. There's this other quality that makes the Aladdins, that makes the Pinocchios, that makes these movies that have moved us special. That even today when you go back, like, man, I, I watched Prince of Egypt today, and I'm like, whew. Those films were done so man. well, man. They hold up really well. Yeah, I'm like, if only I could animate like that, you know? And these guys had to hand draw that stuff and turn it around and it's like but it wasn't just about the hand drawing it was about making this thing feel like it was alive mm-hmm. the emotion they captured they yeah. knew how to capture your emotion really and, well and if i had not got that review i would never have hunted this stuff down so slowly by slowly i think my work started to get better mm-hmm. and then uh, one of my teachers david latour he liked my work ethic and he was a really amazing instructor i think most of my workflows that i picked up till this day i got from david latour nice like and I use them till this day. Um, anyways, um, but I was, I was starting to get better at animation, but I was still having a hard time until uh, Michael McCarvich, uh, Pixar directing animator slash supervising animator, uh, he's pretty famous right now uh, and popular because of he, he teaches a lot. He teaches the animation collaborative. Mm-hmm. Michael McCarvich came to the academy and did a guest lecture mm-hmm. where he, uh, he animated in front of us for the first time. He talked about timing and spacing and he used music, musical examples. And he animated right in front of us. He opened up a shot and it was like, hey, I'm gonna do a take based on like, just like similar to a take that was in the Monsters Inc. movie. Uh, one of the students had modded a rig to kind of look like Sully mm. and Michael took it and animated so he in used front that. of me. Okay. But throughout my schooling, a lot of my instructors worked uh, in a way that's been come to be known like stepped animation workflow. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hated working that way, but as first, it just didn't, I didn't feel right for me. It's different. Right? I think for those cinematic <clears throat> things, like even, um, you've seen Spider-Verse, yeah. Spider-Man, they were, they did Spider-Man on ones and, and then they, they did the other, yeah. other people on twos yeah. and, and so on to make them feel different, yeah. to make them feel more polished. But, but it's it a was, different way of animating. But, definitely. But, but here's, here's an interesting thing. Um, so most of my instructors were people who had worked in the industry a while ago. And you know, the industry is always evolving. Always changing. And they, they specifically worked step. They worked a specific way. Mm. But unfortunately for me, they didn't differentiate or explain well that that is how they worked. And they're mm. teaching us what they know best. Mm-hmm. And they, some didn't put in the effort to figure out what made sense for me as a student. Uh, right? So it was so like they lucky, just grouped everybody yeah. together as well. And I always had a hard time. All the animations I did stepped as a student were, were nonsense. Not that stepped is a bad way to work. The point I'm trying to make here is that like, 
I just had a hard time learning it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like I was struggling. And then when Michael did his demo, I remember the first time my introduction to Maya class, uh, the way he animated on screen was the way I was just animating. I I'm, I come from a heavily computer science family, mm-hmm. so curves make sense to me. Right. Uh, trans like movements are just translations and rotations in time. Like if I'm raising my arm, it's just I can, I can see this raising this much and this axis combined with this much to make that this arc. arc. That right. makes sense to me, right. right? And and I saw him do this, and I remember, he 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 started a, a rebellion in my heart, because I was like, if that guy works at Pixar and he animates like that, I can work however <laughs> I want. <laughs> That's hilarious. It doesn't matter. What matters is what it looks like at the end. Yeah, that's what that's what his demo taught me, and yeah. then all of a sudden my quality jumped, the biggest percentage ever. It went from being okay to I started getting my first compliments ever. That's when you'll really get like the personality added to it because you'll start putting in poses. You won't be afraid of breaking joints, breaking the arcs mm-hmm. and stuff to get the motion you want. And then when you polish it, you're like, hey, you know, you wouldn't have done it any other way. Exactly. So 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 that for me was just. Thank God, that was what I needed at the time. I needed to see somebody working what he described as layered animation, right? Where you could see the timing, and, and it was just more fun for me. Mm-hmm. It was more fun, and like, but again, as a young animator, I didn't understand it. I, I, mm. I still animate this way, but I, I show specifically, but I animate one channel at a time. Oh wow! So yeah, so when I'm beginning animation, I literally, if you ever watch me animate, it's like, oh, the character is gonna jump across a room. And like his, his, he like. Wait, run. so you mean you work in one view? No, no. What I mean by one channel is like the way my brain works is I can, I can, if I have reference or I see something, I can break it down into it's the up and down, the left and right, the forward and X, back. X, Y, and Z, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, if the character's like, bop, bop, whoop, right? I'm like, okay, that's like, he's like, I usually the up and down is the thing. I, you I separate rotation too? Yeah. So, so I, yeah, okay, I, okay. I, it makes sense in my head. Okay. But it's a mix. Right, yeah. you pick up all the different workflows. But I used to break it down super, like I had this granular. Dude, I had the yeah. shot of this guy who ran and jumped on a w- wall and flipped and rolled. Mm-hmm. And if you see it, it's 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 on my Vimeo somewhere. I did that literally. I broke down the way he flipped and split in like the way it rotated. But you know how your center of gravity changes while you're flipping. Yeah. I had to calculate actually because the controller in Maya controls the cog. Mm-hmm. I had to look at the video and see that the cog isn't just perfectly arcing. Right. It's going up, down, up, down. And then I put that in first and I put the left, right in. The torso is twisting. That's how I'd build it. So that's how I started to do. It took me a little longer to get to. Yeah, it takes a long time to do to it like good, that. Good passes at the time. Yeah. Uh, uh, but at my jobs, luckily, I'm like one of the fast animators of recent. That's good. Um, you put in the time, though. The time also helps with being fast. That's that people true. don't normally see <laughs> the extra hours. The you know, well, stuff like that. yes and no. Yeah. So um, luckily, um, that's how I started doing that style of animation. And um, at that time, I just I didn't have a sense of what blocking was. Mm. For me, I knew. For me, at the time, I thought blocking was your your IP, your in progress. Like, hey, I started the shot, this is my halfway, give me feedback, and then I'll finish it. So uh, my fi- my middle, because of the way I worked, was kind of always like, what am I looking at, right? Mm, okay. But then at the end, it was like, oh, somehow it came together because yeah. I kind of knew what I was looking. But the problem there is that people couldn't give me feedback right. at the time when I was They learning. didn't know how how far have you gone? Yeah. How much more refining do you yeah. see? Yeah, but yeah, because I saw like Mike could do it, I was like, oh, he works the same way, so I'm, st- I'm good, trust yeah. me. And luckily in the end, somehow the animations weren't too horrible. Mm-hmm. Right? If I look back, of course, I'm going to cringe. But um, 
That's always the case when you look back at your old stuff. But then uh, the Pixar animators in class taught me that blocking wasn't necessarily just your in progress. Blocking is your opportunity to sell your ideas. Yeah, it's when you tell the story. Yeah, so it's, so when it's it's to me the way I see blocking now is like when I have a shot and I have an idea, blocking is my way of communicating that to you with the least effort possible. Mm-hmm. It's like doing a sketch. It's just like, hey, I'm gonna draw this guy standing over here, and he's gonna flip over here, and I'm just doing stick figures. As long as I can communicate to you clearly exactly what details I want to communicate, or I'm gonna show you or execute, and you understand that I've done my job. If there's a specific hand flourish that needs, like if the character has a specific hand movement they do, that better be there in my blocking because it's very specific to the performance I want to sell to you, right? But if my character is just making a fist, I, I, if my blocking, I may not necessarily sculpt the fist, but I, may, I will communicate that he made a fist and the timing of how he made a fist. And so then when I learned that, it's like, oh, it's not just showing you in progress. It's more like, no, I have to make sure that no matter how I work, when I show it to you the first time, you can clearly understand what I'm communicating. Mm-hmm. And then that made me a better animator. But then I tried to follow this Michael guy. Like, what does he do? I heard he teaches animation collaborative. So... Um, towards my last year of college, I took a class at the Animation Collaborative. Mm-hmm. Um, during this last, uh, I watched Michael's uh, lecture and demo class. So I watched, him, I watched him do more animating in front of me and also explaining things. And that was the biggest opening of my mind in my animation career. Hmm. Like, I learned so much. He, he gave me the tools. He didn't tell me how to do stuff. In his class, I don't know, some people, people reacted to his class differently. But for me... He opened my mind to do my own research and work and work hard. For me, what I saw in his classes was like he has learned and works a specific way and was really good at not forcing you to work where he does. Mm-hmm. But just the amount of research he did to put together his lectures, that's the stuff that caught my attention. When I'd see him pull up all these videos, I'm like, he must have cut all these videos together to make this presentation. Mm-hmm. So I started cutting whenever i'd see acting i'd like i'd start putting it in a folder references important. i start putting it in a folder yeah and uh, whenever he saw music he liked that inspired me start saving like his lectures were so well put together my brain was understanding that you gotta research mm-hmm. you gotta reference you gotta study you can't just and he said something that was very important to me is like you can't expect to make good ac- to make good acting if you've never studied act, studied acting, right? There's two there's two sides to that coin. There's a uh, getting all the reference, but then there's also experiencing stuff as well. Yeah, exactly. Like if you have the experience of doing whatever it is, or putting yourself out there internally, it's so much more gratifying to go. Oh, I know what that feels like, and if you can capture that and put that in your work, the timing of whether it's a facial expression or body language or motion, that's very important. But then also, um, fire sort of. Uh, we had a family crisis where. Uh, my parents had to put the house and sell to pay my college. Oh wow! Because for I, the Academy of for Art, the Academy of Art, because we didn't, uh, there was they didn't have scholarships for international students, mm. and they were banking on me doing well and getting a scholarship. So around that time, there was more fire. But um, uh, Jesse Fix, uh, Dave Latour, uh, those instructors of mine snuck me back into class when I got kicked out because they they believed in me. They saw something. They yeah they and especially Jesse Fix. Jesse Fix used to teach the film classes. And as a student, uh, after taking these other classes, I started to learn that I, I need to like, because in Uganda, I didn't really, I wasn't exposed to a lot of movies. Mm, so okay. I uh, started to study movies. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to use my electives in college to take film classes because I am a storyteller. And I can't, 
I want to study people who tell stories and learn more about them and get their names so I can go look up their work. And Jesse Fix used to teach the film classes that I took. And man, I, lo- I love him. Such an inspirational teacher. And um, uh, if there's anyone trying to study and be an animator, I recommend taking other c- courses that aren't necessarily animation, things that can supplement. Um, they may seem useless <laughs> to you at the time. Like I remember hating my art history classes. The number of times I've referenced uh, sculptures from the Mesopotamian times, mm-hmm. I mean, can't get it right, but I know the sculptures I'm looking mm-hmm. for. It's crazy invaluable. Like the poses and sculptures that Leonardo and those guys used to make. Oh man, yeah, that's crazy. Like even today, they, there's a reason those things are like revered in museums. Yeah, someone was saying um, they would spend uh, hours and hours, like the greats that we know of would spend mm-hmm. hours and hours. Like they didn't have programs like Photoshop and stuff that we have here now to practice and refine their skills. They would like drape a cloth over a chair and then as the sun was going around and changing the shadows, you know, they kept drawing and drawing and drawing and drawing and trying to do stuff fast, trying to do stuff slow to see how everything, and then translate that over once they started getting into their other mediums and materials, mm-hmm. um, which is crazy. Yeah, That's yeah, crazy. It, it, Could it, you imagine working dust till dawn like that? Like yeah. it's, it's amazing the work that they were able to output in that time period. And it's still revered today as like the best of the best. Oh my God. Um, I'm trying to remember this artist's name famous painter um, did a couple of paintings of uh, uh, the kids in a diner. Oh my God, I've forgotten his name. You're not you're not a quiz man. It's all good. It's all good. Know, like to, my, like my 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 buddies are gonna kill me because I reference his work all the time. But um, pretty much what happened is um, oh my God, I can't believe I forgot his name. If I remember, I'll bring it up. Okay. But um, anyways, um, thank God uh, my parents did that. But again, that's more fire. But again, like, something about their commitment to trying to get me through college drove me. You know what I mean? Like, it made me feel like I was worth something. Mm. And, like, maybe there's something they believed in. So if I ever fell down or I had hard times, I just remember that, like, some people are willing to sacrifice a lot to to put me through college. But it was a lot of stress because I'm an international student. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people realize, but when you graduate as an international student, you have 90 days to get a job. Or, oh, wow. Or you get deported. Wow. So you get that work you have to get like a work visa or something like that, right? Yeah. Sponsorship uh, or something. So right? yeah, luckily for me before I graduated, um, in my last year that one of those instructors who liked me, he got me to work on a collaborative project for two K games, uh, for Borderlands. Mm. So we, we worked on a short film, um oh yeah, I, I mentioned animation collaborative, you can scroll up because Yeah, let's go back, let's go back. Yeah, so two thousand eight, two thousand nine. 2010 2015 so you were in college four years five almost years. five years yeah um i took animation collaborative with you know that's michael's class did you start working in between you did you started working in between that i time, did so that's what this was that's exactly what that is okay so uh so you went right into being the animation lead and yeah. layout lead so okay he my instructor david little believed in me okay and he'd seen all my hard work, and I, I'm just a nerd for animation, so he felt like I had a lot of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Alvin has a lot of knowledge. Alvin, like, he liked my energy, um, and he felt like I'd be good at, like, so yeah, I, I ended up being layout lead. I helped do all the setup for the cameras, and, like, setting up, like, just, you know, visualizing the storyboards into actual real-life lenses. That's awesome, and, and then the classes movement. you took that you mentioned before, yeah. and also, all went into that, all the you taking the film classes. And everything, and... It's great. But it's, it's fascinating, because... Looking back, I did a horrible job. I was not a great layout and animation. You got to start somewhere, though. Because, I mean, yeah. That's good. That's right. But because 
leading isn't just having the knowledge. That's true. You know, you can't, but you got your feet wet in how dealing and working with other people. Exactly, and I started to learn that man, I'm way too serious. Because for me, because of the pressure, mm-hmm. I'm like so like <laughs> gang gang ho, and that that ne- didn't necessarily motivate everyone. Yeah. Some people loved it and they were inspired. Other people were like turned some sharp personalities were kind of turned off. Mm-hmm. And I'd, I remember going to Dave and I'm like, Dave, some people tend to really like um, my other colleague Muli Siegel, mm-hmm. but they kind of seem not to like me as much. It's like wow, and he sat me down and I was like, you know, Alvin, you're kind of very like intense sometimes. But that was great feedback. And that was my beginning to learn that to be a leader is not just about, you know, being the best at what you do. It's, it's really you have to understand who you're working with. You have to create an environment where people can perform their best. And you can only, you can only deliver that if you take the time to get to know the people you actually Because no two people, the way I work, the things that inspire me are not necessarily the things that inspire you. There's no one fits all. No two babies are the same. And that's an important thing because I was going to mention before uh, when you were talking about taking the classes earlier, how they taught you a certain way as opposed to learning. Well, that wasn't their job. They were yep. the teachers. Yep. But instead of them like learning what best fits you so you could understand and grasp it better or faster. And it handicapped me. It did. It was only by sheer chance that I saw somebody who worked away or explained mm-hmm. these concepts in a way that connected with me that I was like, imagine if uh, just instructors were a little bit more aware. Yeah, and I, I think it's changing. I think people are evolving and growing. It comes from experience too. Yeah, because a lot of the instructors, uh, especially when I went to school, they might have gotten a taste of the industry, but they they didn't have a, a breath of like ten, twenty years working in the industry. It was yeah. like they got their feet wet and they're like, okay, I need something more secure or stable. I'm a teach. Yep. So they didn't have a lot of that experience or work experience to be able to convey that to you to inform you about what you're about to get into and what you're about to do. True, and talking about instructors, the best education I got was at the Animation Collaborative. Mm. If I had to pick a place, if you scroll down a little bit, if I had to pick a place that literally was the best education I ever got. And that was, uh, was that two years or was that one year kind of going into 1819? Um, and that's, that's recent. No, so you just that's the most recent update. Uh, I think I only put the, the you know, when, when you're updating your LinkedIn and you're putting the most They only let stuff. you put like one date. I, t- I took one in 2014 uh, in, okay. with Michael McCarwich, his animation okay. demo lecture, but I went back. Oh, yeah. like a refresher type I thing? quit a job to come to San Francisco to take the class again. Nice. Yeah, so we'll, we'll probably get to that. I literally okay. quit a job because I missed that education that I was like, I got to get better. And the place that inspired me. So you got to a point in your career where you're like, you just, did you start feeling again like what is going on? Yeah. What's happening? And and I'm losing I, it. I've spent a lot of time wondering why was it that I really liked the animation collaborative, mm-hmm. and I think it's because one the people who teach there, like the teachers I had, Michael and Victor Navone, love to share and teach, and they're very humble. Like yeah, they may be fun personalities, but in my experience, they're very humble people who are honest with you. Honest in the sense of like, you know, when you go to like, let's say, Pixar's on campus at school and you come and it's magical and beautiful and it's like, wow, this guy's amazing. That's not Victor and Michael. Victor and Michael are real. They explain to you that, man, animation is hard work. He can tell you he's struggling with a shot at work and you're like, you're struggling with a shot at work? He's like, yeah. It's not just like, you know, unfortunately for us when we see movies like Toy Story 3, yeah, we, we see, see the, the final product. Yeah, we see the final product. That's exactly you don't see the blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah. The iterations, the, yeah. the movies. The late scripts, nights. The late night. You don't see the versions that didn't work. Mm-hmm. But you know the key thing here is that you have to make that shitty version 
in order to get to the better version. Gotta grow. If you never take that leap, we'll never, we'd never have these amazing stories. And so many people are off-put by like their, their crappy first versions. Man, like people, have, uh, thank you for like having me here. Some people have told me I have a good demo reel. And like, man, you always make nice work. I'm like, you don't see the hundreds of work I don't post. You don't, just be honest, I'm, I animate a lot. And sometimes it's not successful. And I'm like, yeah, that's not cool. And then I see something I'm like, I'm like, oh, this is cool. I think I can share this. You know what I mean? But I, I do that so often that like I just learn a lot. So I feel like you get to a point where you start to deliver more consistently because when you fail, you keep learning the, the wrong ways not to do it. And you start to build a workflow. You start to build a reliable way to get in the zone, to understand the character, to break down the mechanics because you've tried. You've you refined your pipeline, you've refined your personal your pipeline. Yeah. So now when you're given a challenge, you know what you need to do to, to get it done, to yeah. execute, right? So like uh, the guys at the Animation Collaborative did a good job of explaining to me their workflows and their process, but in a way that wasn't do it this way. In a way that was like, hey, what, is the, what am I trying to do here? What skill set do I have? Oh, I don't have that knowledge. I got to go do my research. Uh, but I have to create this. What's the point of this? Hey, it's not about showing off how much I can animate. We're trying to tell this story. So what does this need? Let's see it in context. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This, is, this is, and then breaking down like, hey, what, what, is, what is a character? Who is this character? What makes their specific choices them? What makes me me? And teaching me that, hey, like, we're trying to emulate life. So let's look at life. What experiences have we had? What can we bring to the table that makes our animation ours? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so how, often do you, how often do you find time to animate outside of work to continue refining the craft and finding <laughs> your ideal workflow? So when you get a shot or you're on a certain show that may be different than the last, you're like, ah, I know how to approach this. I know how to do this. I've, you know, I've, I've trained myself to get to a point where if it has to be cartoony, I know my bag of tricks, what I got to do. If it has to be super serious in that more realistic tone, I know how I need to approach this. Like, how often do you do you animate outside of work to refine that? So it's it's a little different now. It's a good question. I feel like you we're jumping, we're going by like we're ta- the process. It's, you know, the crazy thing is that we're you know with your story is very unique, and it sounds like a lot of people did not have the luxury. Even though you say it was um. It was stressful. It was it was a different time. You know, you, you had to sacrifice a lot. A lot of people don't have that as a background to start to get into their career for animation. It's true. So it may sound like I'm jumping the gun, but it's only because of what I'm hearing. Like it's all new to me. Mm-hmm. Like it's very fascinating. Um, the passion so, and the character that you bring because you're very animated. I'm I'm seeing, and this is what you don't see when you see people's images on their yeah, profile that's right, that's right. and stuff. But right. you're very you're a very animated person, and I know from experience that goes a long way with keeping a stable mind and doing what we do every day. It's true. I, I do love it. So about your question about how much I animate outside work, my partner would say too much. <laughs> okay. But no, there's a balance. So um, right now at my current job, I get enough practice and variety During the in day. my work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that it's, it's awesome to be able to say that because mm-hmm. I've wanted that for so long. Mm-hmm. That You're when fulfilled. I go home, my priorities, and also when you get older, as you grow, your priorities in life change. So at this point in time, I haven't touched my computer for like three months. Or you try not to, right? It's the longest I've spent without that's going home long, and being like... That's a long, long without time. Without being all, yeah. all, like, I'm going to touch. But here's the thing. Yeah. I read about animation. I read books. I read like... Okay, okay. All the time. 
So it's just switching. But it's because I have a partner. I have cats. Other responsibilities. You know, uh, I, I take my pets like training for being a parent. Mm, okay, okay. I know. I know they're completely different. Yeah, they things. are different. I've gone through that. I, I know they're completely different things. But to me, if I if I can't take care of my pets, how am I going to make? For me, it's this thing of like, it's good training ground, right? Not like I want kids, but it's it's just like, when I go home, I have a partner waiting for me, mm-hmm. and I have these pets, mm-hmm. and I love my pets, and mm-hmm. like our pets are so well. It's crazy how much they're well behaved. I have two yeah. cats, but you'd never believe they were cats because yeah. they. They act like dogs they or do. something. They they sit when Very I tell impressive. them to sit. They fetch when I tell them to fetch. It's crazy. Awesome. But what I'm saying is, like, when I go home, this bond I have with Mina, who has supported me all these years, is important to me. Mm-hmm. And I make sure I make time to let her know how amazing and special she is. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's a priority for me right now. So that's important. That's so good. So right now, that because at the studio I'm working at, um, I'm getting work on all this cool stuff. I feel for the first time in my life, I can come home and just like spend time with her and relax, relax. Yeah. although she's equally as hardworking as i am so that's good it's crazy she's a character designer but nice. um but at other jobs like when i was working at uh vicarious visions in new york um it's not that i didn't like the the studio or anything like that mm-hmm. but just the nature of the industry on the east coast wasn't exactly what i expected it wasn't a good fit for me at the time okay and mind you this is an amazing company with amazing people amazing culture right but i, I used to work it, there it, yeah i noticed yeah. i checked that out i was like <laughs> oh, wow. a long time ago but but at the time it wasn't it wasn't what i wanted okay uh, you know i was working uh, i was fortunate enough to have worked on shows uh, like destiny and met some amazing animators but at the time i wanted something different so i'd animate every single day I'd have late nights at work. I'd come home and I'd get at least three hours of animation guaranteed every day. Right, so that's the better answer to the question. Because yeah. I was still keeping in mind where we were in the timeline. Yeah. So, so that's like good. Definitely that's at, the t- at the time when I was like getting my first gig right out of college where I was like 2K Games. 2K. I got that while I was at college. Okay. So that was like... Uh, so just like internship almost. Yeah, kind of like an internship. It's three months. Yeah. yeah. They offered me a short contract, but because I was international, okay. it had to be as an internship since I was But it looks like you worked on facial animation here as yeah. opposed to during the Borderlands, you got to yeah. experience more of the higher level. Yeah. Okay. So uh, my first job out of college was... Clean. But the Borderlands short mm-hmm. is what got me that job. Right, because uh, that's your experience in the industry. Yeah, yeah. I, got, I got some experience. I got some names. They did uh, interviews of us, and um, they, they liked my personality. When they watched, when people at the company saw my face and how I talked about animation, they, they, they something connected with you them. You can tell. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's I, good. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, somebody, could, like, somebody felt like I had something. I was excited that I loved this thing. So when I applied for the job, they remembered my name and remembered my face, and they called me in for an interview. Um, but now our first job was like, you know, grunt work. A production, sometimes you need to get certain stuff done. So mm-hmm. you have people. And sometimes it's a great opportunity for young students. So mm-hmm. people who always want to get their big jobs right away, don't undermine the small jobs. Because those are the building blocks that will gain you the knowledge. The teaching the experience. moments. Yeah. There's so many things other than just the craft itself that you will learn by actually being in a scenario where you have to work with other professionals mm-hmm. that will help you grow in many ways and make you more hireable. That's those soft skills. Yeah. Knowing how to communicate. Exactly. How to work with and others. And, and yeah. sometimes you people forget that when you're working on big projects, you're working on your personal project. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be m- many moments when you're asked to do things that you personally do not agree with. Mm-hmm. But you have to remember that you're not doing this for you. You sometimes you're making other people's movies. You're helping tell somebody else's vision, so you have to understand that 
you're being hired to bring your expertise to help tell this other story. And hopefully your expertise takes that story to a whole new level in a way that you would appreciate your contribution as well. Yeah, that weeds out a lot of people too. It gets a lot of those people out of there that have like those egos or those chips on their shoulders. Yeah. And they'll end up quitting prematurely from a position or a job. Mm-hmm. And then they'll go somewhere and they've, they may not see it, but they've already derailed their career path in a certain way because... You know, it's crazy. That That yeah. is very true. So that first job was just doing facial animation cleanup, pretty much. We'd get like... And uh, mocap, it looks like. Yeah. It was, it was, it was that your first time yeah, touching mocap? First time ever. We'd, that's a we'd different beast. we do like face capture. Yeah. And there's lots of noise because that's yeah, not yeah. Ever perfect. Yeah, yeah. And then we'd come in and we'd clean it. Luckily, we had the live action reference of the actors. That's good. Sometimes the data wasn't captured at all, so you had to keyframe it. Mm. But being... It's, it's funny because watching those faces so up close for hundreds of shots, mm-hmm. of course I'm learning. Yeah. Of course, I'm learning the subtleties and the beauty of it because I'm cleaning up the mocap. I'm seeing the curve that made that. You know, like I, like I mentioned, I like the graph editor. So, like just seeing the the final curve that was created by that complex motion. Mm-hmm. Just little things that you don't realize how much your brain remembers, mm-hmm. but it's storing all that knowledge. And I made some great friends. I made uh, I used to work with Ben Anderson and Will Willie Will Stefang and Roy, Roy, I don't remember how to pronounce his last name, it's like TSE, he's still one of the leads at animation, at Visual Concepts, because like the studio that had me was Visual Concepts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I made good friendships with them as I worked. And then after I graduated, those connections I'd made, that relationship I'd built, so the work I did for them, they liked, but more than that, I was also nice to be around. They hired me after I graduated. Oh, that's awesome, that's good. So, that was my first job after graduating. Uh, I was a resident assistant during college. That one, cinematic animator, visual concepts, right above that. Right above this one. Yeah. Nice. So that was uh, my first job. So I graduated May, like 29th, whatever. Oh right, I see NBA 2K. So this was yeah. They were still working on the 2K line. Yeah. So I worked on NBA 2K15. Okay. During my internship, mm-hmm. and then after I graduated, that same team had me back. That's but this awesome. time I wasn't just doing facial capture as like I was part of the main team in the main cubicle with the big the big guys working on gameplay animation yeah, working on working cinematic gameplay. stuff I was working on cinematic stuff okay so um, uh, which is the stuff I prefer I like more storytelling stuff mm-hmm. that's just like my inclination and guess what Spike Lee was directing that storyboard what yeah. that's awesome yeah they had to be like a nice yeah. jaw-dropping moment. So You're it's like, like what? Yeah, got to meet Spike Lee, got yeah. to meet Shaquille O'Neal. It was a great studio to That's be at. That's awesome. You know what That's I mean? That's awesome. So, um, and again, um, when I was there, Ben Anderson was there. Mm-hmm. And like, of course, like, it's motion capture. So like, a lot of the performance that they need for the game and for the cinematics and the gameplay, sometimes I had to clean up a few gameplay things, are captured from live actors. Because in the process, they... they the director who was working in the game, the game director, the cinematic director, Spike Lee, they wanted these specific performances. So they capture people who can give you the performance you need. Then we'd have to go clean them up. You know, mm-hmm. typical motion capture pipeline. Is that your, uh, if you had to gauge it, are you more of a mocap cleanup artist for animation as opposed to like hanky stuff? At that or time? Is it, yeah, at that time for what you're doing. At that time, yes. So you're more, more, more mocap? Uh, at that time okay. it was just mo- mocap, okay, more okay. mocap cleanup. Okay, okay. So again... I always wanted to do keyframe work, not because I have anything against mocap, mm-hmm. but I felt like, and this is my personal opinion, mm-hmm. um, I felt that with mocap, it has its benefits because you can get a lot more done production-wise, faster. Like, mm-hmm. you can't create a game as sophisticated as NBA without mocap. Without it. Unless you hire hundreds of animators and take forever. 
It'd be like so, uh, street or the SSX type stuff where it's, if it was hand keyed, it'd be way more yeah. um, cartoony-esque, but very, but very flavor. But of course, industry demands, they want the game to be more sophisticated. Yeah. They want Realism. the blends to blend in every direction. So because of uh, customer demand, I, you have to understand why these decisions are being made. So mm -hmm. people who are like, mocap's evil. It's like, you wouldn't get the game you love if we didn't use yeah. the processes we used today. Mocap has a place. Exactly. I think we all in the industry at some point as animators have been like, mocap's bad, mocap's this, mocap's just because But you, it has a place. Exactly. Just because I think at the t of that time, I'd describe myself as naive sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like you just don't understand about the information. That's a part of growth in this experience in with this title of animator. Like Because it, I think the, the very first thing when, an, when animators are hearing about or having to use mocap, you're like, man, this is going to replace us. This is going to take our jobs. When it doesn't, you still need a technician or someone with that type of mindset to understand and polish mocap but in the beginning you're like oh man we're gonna be out of work and you're in school like man this mocap these movies look amazing how are we gonna have work but you know you're still needed a so. great mentor of mine once said that when he was teaching he once got into trouble because his workmates were like hey you can't be teaching these guys all these secrets they're gonna come take our jobs and he's like no they can't take your job mm -hmm. because if you told two people to go animate a jump he can guarantee you that if they came back and showed you the jump, there's no way there'd ever be the same jump. Mm -hmm. Because who we are affects what we do. That's my life, my experience, my knowledge, what I've gone through is completely different from what you've gone through. What the choices I make define me. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. And no two people, no matter how much skill wise, expertise wise, we have the exact same knowledge, we're completely two different people. So we need to start to learn that be yourself. Understand that, hey, maybe you, you're not that animator who did that thing, but you're your animator who does your thing. There's a certain thing you bring to the table, and the earlier you can embrace that, sometimes through trial and error and figuring that out, sometimes you don't know exactly, but the, the, the earlier you can learn to trust yourself and be honest with what you bring and embrace it. Maybe one company, maybe the dream company, the company like, I always want to work at company X doesn't like that. That doesn't mean that company Y wouldn't love it. Mm -hmm. And maybe, rather than being so focused on trying to change yourself for company X, maybe company Y is where you deserve to be. Right. Maybe company Y is the place where you, who you are would deliver the, imagine if- Even Mike, if it doesn't make sense to other people. Yeah, imagine if Michael Jackson was forced by his parents to be a boxer. Yeah. He may have been the most amazing pre-Muhammad Ali type boxer or something, you never know, man. No, but, but also- Float like a butterfly, sting like a but bee. But also, what if he wasn't? We would have missed getting this. All that music, musician. yeah. Again, I don't want to use him because maybe right no, now no, it's a little fine. bit of controversy. But what I'm trying to say is that, like, you need to find out what works for you sometimes and embrace it. Yeah. And sometimes it feels like sacrificing, but sometimes it's also discovery. Sometimes you don't know who you really are or what you really want to do until you try it out. Um, so, like, at this job working with the mocap, I got to learn a lot of techniques that have mm -hmm. been really useful till this day, mm -hmm. even with keyframe animation. I got to see a lot of different complex shots and understand, it's, it's like, just like, when you shoot reference, you can only capture it with so many cameras, mm -hmm. or you have to sync it out. I just had infinite access to hundreds of physical clips. Oh, did they have like so a mocap stage too that yeah, you guys use? Yeah, Tukey has a huge right. mocap stage. Right. Awesome. So I just had access to all these like libraries of animation that I could see from multiple angles and understand complex physics hip motions you know what i mean oh yeah it's just it's like when you record yourself and uh you're recording your legs and your feet you wouldn't know to do half the things 
that your feet are doing yeah. in your animation, yeah. which which is the same thing for facial animation. Everything you're like, oh, he's blinking and moving. No, man, there's so many Dude, ticks and things and, that. And you have to learn to be humble because our brains, from what I've learned, is they what we perceive is not actually unrepresentable. It's like the the mm-hmm. traditional. If you sit down to draw something in front of you, part of drawing classes in college is learning to observe mm-hmm. life. because to observe life, to to stop interpreting too much. Or start interpreting intentionally. Just draw what you see. Start to yeah. be able to be able to draw what you see, mm-hmm. and then achieve a level of being able to execute that. So now you can interpret it with control. You can decide to like, I know that nose curves this way. That's how you see those sculptors sometimes when they're working with clay, yeah. and you're like, they don't have a reference point. They're just they know what an old man's face looks like, yeah. or they know the contours of when you're aged, how all the wrinkles fall onto the face and chin. It's like amazing. But I, but I also it's feel experience. But I also feel like uh, some of the most experienced people I know are also the most humble. Mm-hmm. They still do research every time mm-hmm. because. The, just because he knows what a face is like doesn't mean that the next old man's face is going to look like of course the old, of course the library they have. yeah my me saying that was in i think there's videos on youtube where people are doing like those speed competitions uh-huh. um well they'll have an image of what the person will look like but uh, just so they know who they're supposed to make it look like but all the work they've done from over the years of doing this over and over and over and over they know i'm put this little smudge of, of clay here i'm gonna put this here it's, it's gonna conform to this they know exactly what they're doing as opposed to like I don't know if they had this in, in your college where you had to do, um, it was like an armature class. Mm-hmm. They had it where we had to build a ar- 3D armature out of clay. I think it was like super, was it super sculpty or something like that? It was like white. Mm-hmm, I think. Mm-hmm. And then um, you bake it and everything. But man, doing that, you being brand new at that time, you're like, I have no idea what this, what yep. I'm doing. You know, you only, when you go into reference, you're just like, man, they got that to look like that. But it's, it's a different animal. It's a yeah, different beast. It, it, it totally is. And, and, and so, but here's the thing. When I was working during the day, I'd be doing these motion capture cleanups. But then in the evenings, I'd be working on my personal shots. Mm-hmm. And luckily, I was surrounded by Ben, specifically, who was working there at the time, who would, would brainstorm ideas. But like, hey, mm-hmm. what did you work on last night? This is what I worked on. Like, this is all after hours before mm-hmm. we'd go home because we lived in different places. Okay. So after we finished doing our daily tasks, we'd spend some time together and just, you know, powwow on animation. And man, I loved it. And he kept inspiring me so much. And like, Ben was so awesome because Ben could draw better than I could. Mm-hmm. So I'd do the storyboards and Ben would come in and spruce them up. And a lot of my personal shots came from ideas we brainstormed late at night after work. That's awesome. But unfortunately, being international, um, when I graduated, I was working on what they call OPT. It's like mm-hmm. they, they give you a permit to work. Mm. But then like that a work visa y- type thing? Or kind different? of. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, let's think of it more of a work permit. Okay. But that one only lasted so long, and then another one had to be sent in the mail. Mm. And it delayed by a month. But because of the production needs at 2K Games, they couldn't. So when during the delay, I was like, okay, hey, Alvin, has your work permit come yet? Has the new one come yet? No, coincidentally, it just delayed a month because of processing right i lost the job at 2k games uh because production had to keep going so that was that that's why it was only the three months yeah there. so that was that was like i i would like to believe that my leads wanted to keep me i bet that felt way longer than three months though yeah of course because yeah. oh man that was lots of work lots yeah, yeah, of yeah. lots of overtime at the time but they took care of us those guys were really amazing so i never we weren't like you've heard horror stories wasn't one of them yeah um but they they unfortunately had to fill the position and I mm-hmm. lost the job. Mm-hmm. So I was still living in Novato, mm-hmm. which is north of the Bay, of the Golden Gate Bridge. Mm-hmm. I didn't have my job at 2K Games anymore. 
I was paying for an apartment up there because I had the job. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to move in with Mina, who I ended up later getting, she's my partner now, we later right, right. got engaged and all that. Congrats, congrats. And Thank you. And um, I decided I'd move in with Mina and I would double down and get some work done. I'll get a new demo reel. Nice. So I, I, I moved in so I could save some cash. I remember I was working on this complex project, so I bought a bigger monitor, which mm-hmm. is an expense, but to mm-hmm. me an expense is like, Towards towards your goal. It's a commitment. It's like I'm gonna I'm I'm losing a lot of money. I better use this thing. I bought a bigger monitor, higher resolution, Mm -hmm. so I could have more screen real estate. So I could have more reference. You can work more efficiently. Work faster. Yep. 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 And um while I was living, one morning I got a I applied to Toys for Bob, which was next to two K Games, which is an Activision studio. Toys for Bob didn't pick me up, but because I applied through Activision system, Mm Um, this uh, thank God for this guy, John Paul Ryan Miller, mm-hmm. who was a cinematic lead at Vicarious Visions, mm-hmm. saw my work, and he saw that I had potential. So JP, who had seen my work, told the recruiter to contact me. So just one random morning, I received a phone call, like, "Hey, Alvin, uh, her name was Christina Nichols, mm-hmm. awesome lady," mm-hmm. um, sh- and she told me that, "Hey, we see your work. We see you applied to." Um, Toys for Bob, but actually uh, one of our leads saw your work and would be was curious if you'd be interested in maybe talking to us, seeing what we have to offer. And for me, who was like at the time when I had no job, this is like remember how I said when you graduate as an international student, you have ninety days of unemployment. I'd lost like fifteen. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, those days count down, and you have to report them. Oh okay. So I was kind of like, of course, of course, I'll take it. And I was like, vicarious visions. I hadn't heard of vicarious visions at the time. Mm-hmm. So I look him up, and these guys work on Skyland. My like, Skylanders, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for me as an animator, keyframe animation, cinematics, cool ca- characters. I'm like, awesome. Yeah. Of course I'll do it. You know what I mean? I'm excited for this opportunity, and that's how I ended up moving to New York. So you went from the Bay to New York. Uh, they were still in Albany, New York. They, right? they are. Yeah, uh-huh. they're still in. They moved to Troy, but Troy. Okay. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. Because I know I was, there, the area I was there when is. we were at the older building first before the acquisition happened. Okay, so I'm not familiar with that building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a small, a small yeah. building. And then, um, and then they moved to the one that I think it was the old pickle factory that mm-hmm. they refurbished. And then I think they may be somewhere else the one, now. The one I was at I think used to be a, a train, a train ward. It was a nice was studio. A train? Yeah. Yeah, they, they gutted it. They made it really nice. Yeah. I left in between of them moving to there. Gotcha. So it was different. I worked on a lot of projects there, but uh, for me at the time, I was very much on that, you know, you get that two-year itch, but they didn't have an idea of what they were going to work on. They knew they got acquired. Um, they knew they got acquired, and they were like, oh, yeah, project's going to come in. You know, Activision's going to mm-hmm. keep feeding us, da 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 But I was like, yeah, but what are we going to be working on? Mm-hmm. And no one could tell me, and so that's I made a choice to go, okay, I need to – look for something gotcha. then, yeah so it's a different type of motivation so this is why i said getting into working for activision yeah. and um i have to be very careful what i say because yeah. i can't give away too many trade secrets yeah, companies yeah, yeah. protect themselves I'm, i hope i'm pretty good with that but anyway so JP, yeah you're doing fine you're doing fine, jp so. gives me a chance jp hires me on the team jp is an awesome dude he used to be in the military man he's an awesome dude that's a great serve. studio i left uh yeah. leaving there was kind of hard for me there was a lot of people there that I still kind of con- I kind of talk to now, but they were sad to see me go. I was sad to go, Man. but that's a, that's a good team. That 
from being in the industry in the beginning of the in, of my career and meeting all those people, how you build those bonds and those relationships, I found that same type of thing there many years later in the industry, which that, is very uncommon to do. That that company was like family. It's a good group. Karthik and Guha, like you yeah. were there. Were you there before they went out? I was there when they ended up when they separated uh, from the company. But when they went Karthik to the Belian, right? Were amazing. Amazing guys, brothers. Thing. Oh God, they even, were great. They're even great. Jen. Jennifer, the new studio lead, mm-hmm. amazing. For me, till this day, she's my favorite studio lead of all yeah, time. Yeah, I, I don't think I met her. She's amazing. Her. She's, I 100% approve of her as a studio head. She's yeah. done a phenomenal job. That's awesome. Um, yeah, they're still doing great things there. And like saying, when I left eventually, saying bye to her was the hardest thing I ever had mm. to do. It was tough. I, I felt like I couldn't look her in the face until yeah. her that I was leaving because I really appreciated what she had done for me so much yeah so much the studio the studio there is like a family not many studios you can say that about yeah but they are like a family up there so yeah the culture the culture was amazing oh but here's the thing the culture is always growing mm-hmm. you know like nothing's perfect you know what i mean so like when i got there i was like man i was like excited but i'm a really i'm a really passionate kid who i believe that when you do things with the right intention, people can clearly tell. Mm-hmm. Like when you reach out for help, or when you, let's say, somebody shows their work, and you're like, hey, I think this part isn't working. You know, sometimes you could say it in a way that's like, you're, you're just trying to show off or say something, but sometimes when you say stuff genuinely, people can tell. Mm-hmm. Like, we're human beings, we can read communication, mm-hmm. body skills, voice, audio, you know what I mean? Yeah, the language of it all. And I would consider myself very communicative. Um, I always believe that I have people's best intentions. Or before I speak, I sit back and I ask myself, is this for the benefit of the group? Is this for the benefit of the person I'm talking to? So I tend not to be afraid to share my opinion because I believe it comes from the right place. But it, it, sounds, like, it sounds like you structure it before. Yeah. You don't just speak off the cuff. Exactly. You, you have a, a bit of empathy towards them learning from exactly. what you're going to say when you when you, being, you know, when you talk as much as i do you get a lot of practice no. <laughs> <laughs> no, i'm just kidding someone someone is like oh someone someone is like he's not kidding but anyways when i got when i got there i was given the opportunity to work on skylanders and it was my first dailies experience that was like the movies like the blu-rays that i'd see where like oh you sit in and you watch the storyboards mm-hmm. and you have shot kickoffs and stuff like that and during my time there um I was very vocal on ways I thought the team could improve. And throughout my time there, JP was very supportive. He challenged me a lot in the sense of like, it was, it was a great opportunity to learn a lot of soft skills. But looking back at it, I loved the way he handled it. I loved the way he saw my passion. And he sculpted me into the animator that I am today. Mm. He, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He could tell this is a young animator who's really passionate. Very hungry. He does a lot of yeah. research, wants opportunity to talk. At some point, JP gave me the opportunity to do lectures for the team. Oh, that's cool. Multiple days. We'd come in on Tuesdays, and at 11 o'clock, we'd have, um, would, uh, it would be like, I would come in and we'd talk about, every animator could contribute. But I ended up contributing quite a, quite a bit. We'd talk about, one day we'd talk about character. And we'd have an assignment. And people are free to do it or not in their free time. And if people did it, we'd look at it next week. Next, next time, we'll talk about polish. And these are all one, two, three second stuff that could like, like a head turn. Like one assignment was a head turn, but it's not about, it's not about just doing a head turn. It's about getting a character, a personality. Your head turn should tell us about why the person's head is turning, who they are. Like if, if, if I saw somebody I owed $10,000 and I just told him I was broke, and then he sees me 
buying like a TV across the store and I turn and I saw him, I'd be like, that's a very specific head turn. Mm-hmm. Versus like, I see someone I haven't seen in a long time, I'm like, you know, you know, there's so much character you could communicate. So those are the conversations we'd have. And JP gave me opportunities to share the passion, knowledge I'd learned from all these other studios and also to grow my soft skills, also to grow my leadership skills. Also, he'd sit down with me and he'd talk to me about how to communicate. Um, one time, I, uh, you know, <laughs> remember I told you that animator told me my work lacks character? Mm-hmm. One day at work, one of the animators showed me one of his personal shots. And man, I'd come from such a brutal world of brutal honesty, right? That that's how I'm tuned. And this animator showed me his work and I'm like, but it was well animated. But my response was like, I don't get it. And it was like, what don't you get? I'm like, I don't understand why anything is, why everything's happening. It doesn't make sense. He just, oh, bumped, wow. You know, like to <laughs> yeah, his yeah. face. And this is a senior dude. This is yeah. a dude who's been in the industry way longer than I am. And I'm just like, yeah, but like, he just bumped her. He's saying this. What does this mean? Like, hey, why is she? And he was like frustrated. Like, frustrated from your comments or frustrated that you didn't get what he was trying to show you? He like was frustrated from my comments. Okay. And he was like, oh, you think you're better than me kind of thing. Mm. He ended up, not talking to me for years. We ended up reconnecting as friends later. Yeah, that happens, man. That yeah. happens. But that's a different learning experience. Exactly. That you have to deal and with. I was so confused because yeah. I was like, later I had to, dude, it's weird because like sometimes tension you're so at work. Up. Yeah, but sometimes it's a reality. You work with other people. Yeah. And sometimes you're so caught up in what you want to say or contribute yeah. that you're not aware of how it affects others. And like for me, I felt like his work lacked personality specificity mm. it was a lot of well animated moving stuff but no one cares so you yourself had to give the comment that you at one time received exactly and so you got Man, to our friendship was over my during my time there, you ended up moving to another studio we didn't talk much oh wow so you yeah. didn't even you didn't even get to reconcile or no we did eventually okay because like before i mean like in that time period you didn't get to reconcile and go hey man this is what i this is where Not i was coming that from time period. man there was lots of tension. oh god there was the, there was yeah. lots of tension unfortunately but I had the the courage to go to my lead and ask him, like, hey, I had this conversation with this person. What do you think went wrong? And he would tell me, but I yeah. had to be honest with him with yeah. what happened and what I said yeah. for him to then give me honest feedback as to what he think, how he thought I needed to grow. So JP helped me grow a lot. Yeah. Like, I, again, it may, you know, growing sounds like, oh, it's fun, I grew. There's lots of frustration. There's lots of hearing things that make you sad. There's lots of hearing, like, Man, Alvin, like, you can't just be brutally honest with everyone. I'm like, why not, you know? But this is part of my learning process at the time. And it's, and like, it's a part of the relationship you have with the person, too. Exactly. Like, if you don't have that bond, exactly, it's not going to come across the right way. Exactly. Like, and here's the thing. So, like, around my close friends, I'm like, man, I'm awesome. You're awesome. You know what I mean? But if I said a random stranger, I'd be like, damn, this guy's really confident. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But no, I have my down times. Mm-hmm. But, like, you got to feel who you're with. Like some, yep. one thing that may be a joke, to some, a joke to someone else may be super offensive to someone else. You know what I mean? One thing that may, like, dude, your shot could be better. Yeah, you know, just to like bump up your buddy, challenge him, could really upset someone else who's really sensitive about mm-hmm. their shot. Mm-hmm. So um, during my time there, I got to learn a lot about this communication skills, and I think I got a lot better at it. Um, but luckily, um, yeah. So working on Skylanders was was fun. Then I got to work on the Crash Bandicoot. Mm-hmm. Remake, which is awesome. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, uh, Crash Bandicoot is one of the first games I ever played. Yeah. So as a game. little Ugandan kid playing Crash Bandicoot, I had no idea I'd ever get to touch Crash Bandicoot. That was really weird. Um, then I got to work on Destiny because Activision partnered Vicarious Visions with Destiny to 
work on a couple of expansions and cinematics. You so, guys, you guys, uh, you helped out with uh, with High Moon, I think, right? Or uh, were you guys working independently from them? Well, on I the can't. Destiny? I can't share specifics of how it worked behind oh, okay, the scenes. Okay. No, that's, that's but not we all important. got to work on the franchise, right? Right. I understand. And uh, for me specifically, as a cinematic animator, I got to work on a lot of the cinematics. Yeah. And they started me off on just animating planes to then small characters to full out sequences yeah so here's the beauty about it like uh, Bungie has a great culture where they they teach you a lot so I learned a lot about game design environment design um, it's just a lot about gameplay design mm-hmm. about what makes first-person shooters responsive mm-hmm. like also to to be able to work with such greats as the guys who created Halo mm-hmm. and create cinematics at that level there's a lot of knowledge I learned whether it's like working with motion capture, doing keyframe, there's the whole shabam of how we operated there. I just grew as an animator. But again, um, I was at a point in my life where I was in New York. I was uh, Vicarious Vision sponsored by H1B. Oh, wow. That's cool. So I didn't have to worry about yeah. Uh, yeah, I know work what that stuff. Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so awesome. That's, that's awesome. Like, you gave me that work visa so I could stay in the States. Uh, those guys took care of me. That's what I'm telling you. It was an amazing place to work. It was a great work. place, yeah. But at some point, I realized that, one, I had goals that I wanted to chase personally. Mm-hmm. And I was full-time there, but my wife was not. Mm. Uh, and my wife didn't have as many character design opportunities as I did. Mm. So I was at a point where, like, oh, look at me. I'm working on Destiny and all this cool stuff. But, uh, sorry, my fiancé at the time. Um, she wasn't... As she took kind of like a, a back seat so you can fulfill your goals. Exactly. Yeah. She was super supportive. She moved in with me because like our relationship is awesome to the point that like at that time I was like, I'll handle the bills and stuff. You just focus on your portfolio because mm-hmm. there's no pressure. We, we, we love each other. So it's like that's, that's what she did mm-hmm. while I bust my ass at work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But she was working as a character designer as well during the time. But she wasn't getting the opportunities she wanted. Mm-hmm. So at some point we decided that moving to... California was the best thing. Moving back to California. Yeah. Okay. So I had to quit my job and like on a whim commit. My goal. Wait, so you guys didn't have anything lined up first? You just no, kind of quit no. and it was like, let's So we sat and, and we talked back. about it. Like I wanted to be an amazing, at the time I wanted to do, I told myself, man, I want to work on some really awesome character moments maybe like get into a feature company i want to work at a place like pix you know like so I you had film on the mind yeah. so you didn't want to do the games but route. i don't want to say it's film because people tend to discriminate between film and games it wasn't a question of film it was a question of the kind of work i was doing mm. it was not the kind of work i wanted to do mm-hmm. and that's a funny thing to say now because it's very unique to each individual mm-hmm. and everyone has to have their own personal journey to figure out that what that is but at this point in my life I knew that working on Destiny was not the kind of thing I wanted to do. Mm. And that doesn't mean that Destiny was bad. It just meant that there was a sudden quality I got from hand sculpting Mm -hmm. the work that I did keyframe Mm -hmm. in my personal projects that I was missing from my day-to-day work life. Ah, okay. It was a part of the process. It was a part of the critiques that I knew was necessary for me, but... Uh, no offense to every, anyone I worked with, but the mindset at work was different. Mm-hmm. So I started to get... And it wasn't p- a difference between games and film from your experience? No, no, it wasn't, it was it wasn't a difference. It was just like, um, I thought, from based on the knowledge I had at the time, 
based on the people I'd met and the conversations I had with people. Because at this point, you can imagine we've graduated and people work at different studios. And mm-hmm. we sit down and we talk about what their day-to-day is at work, what right. my day-to-day is at work. We talk a little bit of, about that at the beginning, just high-level stuff. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you find out details of process that I'm like, I think I would fit better in that process. So as an international student, I, uh, at this time, I ended up getting a non-restricted work permit, which meant I didn't have to stay at at vicarious visions because it's you can move you can move around I can now. move i legit those so, are hard to get so yeah they're hard to get but here's the thing that uh people don't realize is that the only jobs i've had that given me money have all been in animation mm-hmm. so i never had the oh i worked at starbucks or i worked at the the mall or i worked at the right, movie right, right. theaters but I'm, I wish I had that stuff. Do you know how much life experience I would have had? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, man, and that people goes all me, into your work. People tell me stories that I'm like, man, I wish, I wish I had that opportunity to like, like, of course, people, they don't look back to them with the most fond memories because they wanted more. Like I had a friend who worked in a grocery store for years and he'd tell me all these crazy personalities and man, I'm like, that's just fuel for animation. Mm-hmm. I wish I had those experiences. But uh, from what I'm hearing though, like you are still experiencing the same things. Yep. Um, I know I reached out before and done outside work is what I'll say while I've been working in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it's motivating, but it sounds like the things that you've still experienced with the soft skills, with the leadership, with what we've already been talking about, you're just experiencing it within the industry. It's true. So it, it, so it sounds like you're still experiencing it, but uh, right now it sounds like you're saying you would have wished you've experienced it early well, well, so that when you got into the industry, you would have already had a mindset of like, ah, I understand I get working with other people is what it sounds like. Kind of, kind of. I would, I'd, I'd phrase it more like I, I do, everyone has their unique journey and I had mm-hmm. mine. Mm-hmm. But I am jealous of other people who, they may have hated the time they worked at that coffee shop, but I look at those, I'm like, man, that's amazing. Like you, one, you powered through, you worked late nights. You know, yes, I experienced that well in the industry, but mm-hmm. I'm amazed. I, I think it's just, I'm amazed at other people's stories. Mm-hmm. Maybe people are amazed by my story, but it's more like, I just appreciate who they are and how much effort they put to get what they they needed and what their journey was, you know what I mean? Yeah. And well, hey man, Starbucks, I know is still hiring. If you ever want to do yeah. like, get that that reference for doing the barista stuff, that's so the best way to funny, do it. Or you're gonna buy all the equipment at home. Funny you say this, but it's great. To be honest with you, yeah. When I got my unrestricted work permit, uh, me and I had this conversation where I was like, okay, so I'm gonna leave my current job so that we can both have equal opportunities. I'm going to. We're going to move to San Francisco the Bay Area, because I'm going to, I've saved some money, I'm going to take the Animation Collaborative again. Mm, because those okay. guys inspire me like crazy. Hence that 2018, 20... So that's when you, so that's yeah. when you made that choice. That's, that's when I made reason. the choice. Yeah. Was, what was that, earlier this year? It was then? earlier last year. And it went from that till so May, early May twenty May 2018, Yeah. I decided to leave. And I kid you not, Edward. It's right here. There I kid go. you not. I told her that I'm going to work whatever job I get. I'm mm-hmm. going to apply to Starbucks. What I'm going to apply to, of course, animation companies. But yeah. my goal is to go work hard so I can get a job that I really want. Mm-hmm. Because I believed, I believed in myself. I believed that I'm a hard worker and I'm not going to waste this time. I'm going to go sign up for the Animation Collaborative Study under Mike and Victor and work my butt off. And she was like, you know what? 
I'll support you whenever you need to do. I'm here with you. Uh, I, like, we were, we were com- uh, full-time, we had a nice place, and we took the leap of faith. I kid you not, the next day, a buddy called me. I was like, hey, Alvin, I heard you were planning to move back to the Bay Area. I'm like, yeah, yes, I am. Actually, we're, the, we're flying in, da-da-da-da. Would you be interested in working at Atomic Fiction? And I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. Remember Ben from 2K Games? Yeah. Who I told you every, la- every night in the evenings would stay hustling and working together. Mm-hmm. Ben worked there. and Ben was mm. one of the awesome animators. See, it's and important ben to had, build those relationships. Ben had shared stories about me and how we'd worked together and how I was passionate and how. And, and literally within two, two <laughs> to eight hours, mm-hmm. it had ended up in a job offer. Nice. Because awesome. they trusted Ben's opinion, and Ben was an awesome, hardworking animator who was delivering shots. And if and Ben said that I was worth the investment, they invested in me. And that's good. And the only reason why they took him seriously is because he was a hard worker yeah. himself. And so I got to work at Atomic Fiction on the. I got to work a little bit on the Predator movie and okay. the Welcome to Morrowind movie that came out with, uh, directed by Robert Zemeckis. Nice. Starring Steve Carell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the, with and the the Toy Soldier. Yeah, exactly. Set up. And that was that was my first. Triple A, big budget movie ever. That's awesome. And those guys treated me with so much respect. It was literally the best working experience I had ever had professionally. I was working with Mark Chu, who had been in the industry for 22 years. Mm-hmm. He was Alan supervisor. Even you Google Mark Chu, you see red carpet interviews. Mm-hmm. I got to work with Mark Chu. And like, this man treated me like I was like just like him. He didn't treat me. It was interesting because like. Did the you think he had like East an Coast, ego or something? No, or? the culture on the East Coast and West Coast are completely different. Mm, you know what I mean? This, okay. this guy, and, and that's one of the reasons I left. Again, no specifics. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But like, because they're different things for different people. Yep. But the way Merck treated me inspired me. Merck, Merck gave me so much, so many responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Didn't hound me. You know what that meant? That meant I, I had to deliver Right now, trusted you. it's up to Mark to decide whether or not I actually delivered or not. We yeah. never really had that conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was really fortunate for the opportunity. However, it was really tough because we had just moved there, We're working long hours because mm-hmm. movies have to get done. Still really unpacking, fast. probably. Still unpacking, and then I developed a neck problem. So my neck used to spasm uncontrollably by itself. Oh, wow. So I'd be sitting here and my from from like that animator posture. No, is that what it's from, or um, is it from something else? Over the years, my over the years, my top atlas of my spine, mm-hmm. the top bone, had shifted. Mm. From you know, I'd I'd always had two monitors. I'd look at my left monitor and uh, always tilt slightly. Right. And we never knew what caused it until I went to work the day after they did the evaluation and realized that that's the exact. Po- the, gotcha. The, yeah, the, yeah. the weight's tilting is exactly how I look at my monitors, so I got better at at setting up my workspace but during my time at atomic fiction i had to go through a lot of physical chiropractor visits because my neck it would spasm uncontrollably and i couldn't work because my head is just shaking have you seen that video i don't know how recent was um i went down the rabbit hole on youtube one night recently there's a guy i think he was from india Mm -hmm. his head always kind of goes like this and he can't control it and there was a chiropractor like doing like all these consultations and visits on uh-huh. with him as the patient his neck just went like this and he would he to look straight he had to fight it wow no i didn't know but he, but yeah so i had That's a pinched nerve because yeah. my atlas was shifted squeezing nerves and so thank god for them they're really patient with me but that was tough to manage with the schedules we had yeah so i don't feel like i showed them my best self ever mm. and part of me was always like 
I feel like. I, I, Do you feel like I was, you let I was down delivering your my friend shots. and the boss? Yeah, or? I was delivering my shots, but I couldn't help shake out the. No, no one has treated me any different. Mm. They, I was invited to rap parties. Everyone treats me nice. They invite me. They hang out with me. Mm-hmm. They had a huge gathering when I was leaving. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. But but I I do yeah I do know that I do know that I never they never got to see the real me mm. and I still you know that feeling of like guys I'm, it was so short of a time I had no opportunity to like but again no one ever felt that way never I feel like I was around honest people that if I didn't go, do a good job they mm-hmm. tell me mm-hmm. um, but they uh, they still talk to me till this day, and they love my work, and they yeah. follow me, and they're always uh, excited by the stuff I do. So I'm hoping I had a good. I think you probably did fine. You but, probably just had a lot on your mind, but with moving neck issues, new job. But I wish I know. didn't have any of that stuff. I wish I could have just Performed. been there and just knocked stuff out, so I yeah. could have felt better about it. Yeah. But again, kudos to the team. Those yeah. guys made me feel welcome. Yeah, welcomed every day. I went back into that office, no matter how I felt. I wasn't delivering. Their energy always turned me around and got me the focus I needed to get stuff done. Mm-hmm. So what was uh, the independent film, Sonder short film? I so think we kind of while I was contemplating leaving New uh, York, New right? York okay. uh, when I was kind of unsatisfied and stuff, mm-hmm. um, Neth Norm, who Neth used to teach at the academy. Mm-hmm. Neth had heard and seen my work around, but I'd never really studied with Neth directly. People love Neth. Neth mm-hmm. uh, has been around the is- industry, worked at Disney, worked at Pixar, worked at a ton of amazing studios, very talented animator and instructor. Uh, my friends talk about him all the time. Um, Neth was working on a short film, and um, I love to animate in my free time. And somehow, one of my friends friends was working on this short film, and they were, they were in a tight situation where they needed more animators. And he was like, dude, I have his buddy Alvin, man. He's super passionate. It's always hard working. Like, you should, you should hit him up. And Neth, Neth has been one of the most valuable mentors of my professional career. Mm-hmm. Remember just how I talked to uh, JP at Vicarious? Mm-hmm. I talked to Neth way more. Oh, wow. Neth was one of those people who was so gracious enough to volunteer his time to mentor me into being a better human being and a better animator. And I owe him a lot as well. So Neth interviewed, and it's crazy because this is just a this is just a passion project of Neth's, and everyone he's working on the project are people he's met he's met along his career, people he's met, students he's met, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? People who have been recommended. It's there's no money involved. It's just a passion project. Mm-hmm. And Neth, uh, when my friends like, hey Alvin, would you be interested? I'm like, yeah. So he forwarded my name to Neth. Neth scheduled an interview with me and two producers. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is just for, for fun. For uh, a, pers- a, a personal passion, project, a, a passion, passion project. project. Yeah. Go, yeah, but I was like, hell yeah, this is the kind of passion project I want to be of. But most so, they were willing to filter the people who joined the team. That was very important to me because it looked like they were focusing on culture. Was it a small team or was it like the were team people grew, working remote? The team grew, like, it was all remote. The team grew oh, to okay. like seventy people at some point. Oh wow! If not more. Yeah, but without a budget, dude. People, everybody no must have loved the project. No That's offense, awesome. no offense to the studios is working with. Yeah, this personal project was run better, smoother, more wow. organized, more on time wow. than any of the professional companies I'd worked at at the time. Wow. Our producer was this lady called Tara Sampson. She had mm-hmm. worked at Pixar. Now I, I believe she's working with Netflix. Mm. She awesome. run that stuff and her team in a way that sh- 
taught me so much. That's awesome. So much. So when you were working on that project, were you able to go outside of your skill set, or were you doing things that you've already been trained to do? I was doing character executing? animation, pretty much. Okay. Um, uh, so I, I, I got interviewed by Neth. Then I had to be interviewed with the team again. Again, mm -hmm. it was so great how they were trying to make sure you were a good cultural fit. Mm -hmm. And luckily, the team loved me, and they had me, and this was the best animation experience I've had. I used to wake up at 4 in the morning. To Just excited. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd wake up at 4 in the morning, work on my shots for the show, go to work, work a crazy long day, mm -hmm. come back, attend my, my reviews, get mm -hmm. up at 4 a.m. the next morning to work on the, the shots. Yeah. And those are some of the shots that have opened up my career nice. today. So a lot of the... The opportunities I got after leaving were because of the work I did on that short film. Wow. Um, yeah, so thank thank you, Neth, for the, the, the great opportunity. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, so I worked on that, and we finished that during my transitioning period, mm -hmm. uh, which is and, really cool. And that took it a year and four months is what you dedicated so, to that project. Yeah, but not like every single day of that year. Uh, that okay. was from the time I just joined. Just when you were needed. Just from the time I joined, but I'd finished my shots, and I was always available to help out when needed. Gotcha. So, like, at some point, Neth reached out because they needed, like, uh, you know, because people, life happens, right, to different people. Maybe an animator had a So, that's shot, probably why they had, like, up. about 70 people. People they can lean on, like, oh, Not just animators. Like, yeah, right, right. Dude, we had riggers. We had tech guys. We mm -hmm. had, it was like a studio. That's awesome. But, like, just from people who were passionate and committed and dedicated to getting stuff done in their free time. It was incredible. Yeah, And awesome. some of these it's guys. It's unheard of today. Some of these guys are, like, my best friends today it's like That's awesome it's amazing um but anyways um so neth yeah that project was awesome um atomic fiction my contract was coming to an end so i said apply technically i didn't apply i was at this weird space in my life where after all the hard work i had done i had changed my demo reel multiple times just mm -hmm. out of personal shots mm -hmm. like i had studio shots but i'm always doing personal shots on yep. the side um studio started to reach out to me and uh, so it was this weird space where like, I wasn't applying, but I was fortunate enough to have had people who were interested in having me work for them. And some of them were dream opportunities. But along the way, um, one of these opportunities, recruiters reached out to me for a cinematic director position. Hmm. And I was like, y you can imagine that during all the soft skills I'd learned, uh, during all the they're reading, dude, I, I read hundreds of books of cinematography. I've gone through mm -hmm. all Miyazaki's films. I've gone through all uh, Akira Kurosawa films. Yeah, dude, Blue book. <laughs> I'm crazy. <laughs> I, I own the set of all Akira Kurosawa's films. Mm -hmm. I own all yeah. Hitchcock's films. Yeah. I have watched them, I feel sorry for Mina because she's had to watch this with me multiple times. Yeah. I've framed through them multiple times. Yeah. I've screenshot them and sat down and pondered them multiple times because like I said, I was obsessed with discovering character. But here's the thing. Not a lot of people know that I'd put so much work into... I've read Master Shots Volume 1 and 2 mm -hmm. uh, into learning about cinematography and storytelling because at this point, I've grown a little bit and learned that it's not animation that I love. Mm -hmm. It's storytelling. Mm -hmm. Animation is just this conduit through Part which of it. Yeah. I have been communicating stories. So I love to talk and chat like, like we are right now. Yeah. I love to share these stories about because I feel like people can achieve whatever they put their mind to. That's how I feel. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when you achieve, you're automatically liberating other people to then do the same thing in their own way. Mm -hmm. So that's, those are the kind of stories I love to tell. So I have to learn how to best communicate that. So when the cinematic director position came up, it was like, this could be a position where I can finally 
show the skill sets that I've been learning and dying to show that I've never had a professional opportunity to show because all, all the jobs I've been ha- having are like animated jobs. Mm-hmm. And also, um, and luckily, Fox was smart enough because Fox was trying to uh, hire, like the recruiter was smart. Like the team that was recruiting was looking for the next generation of storytellers. The person mm-hmm. reached out to me saying, like, hey, we've seen your experience. We've seen you from a different country. And it looks like you have this weird, unique experience. You've worked in film, in games, in movies, in student projects that you probably have a lot of perspective a lot of people don't have. Would mm-hmm. you be interested in working for us? And that's the Fog Bank Entertainment? Yeah. Okay. Um, but I was like, yeah, sure, of course. What are you guys working on? Anyways, um, they gave me an artist. Uh, pretty much, of okay. course, I had to have... Which to, is expected. You have to prove that, that you, you can, get, high, you can yeah. get the job done. So it was like, you know, typical, you get a script, you have to visualize it, you have to show that you can direct it. Mm-hmm. And luckily, the team seemed to have liked my work. That's awesome. And they hired me after I did the test. I do that step late after, because working crazy hours at work, mm-hmm. I'd stay up an extra crazy hours to get this test done, because mm-hmm. it's tough to do a test, yeah. because you have a full-time job. Yeah. Um, and the test passed, and they had me full-time again as a cinematic director. And um, working there was great for a while. Uh, however, it was also a learning experience. Now, working as a cinematic director there was a great opportunity because I got to work with some amazing writers, some, some amazing musical talent. They're doing a great job. Of course, their project hasn't been released, so I can't tell, mm-hmm. I can tell you what, what I was working on during my time there. But I met some wonderful people, made some great friends, um, did a lot of reading. Never read so many scripts before in my life. Yeah, but and re rereading of scripts, yeah, all the yeah, edits yeah. and all and stuff that happens dude, when you do that. And oh. it, it was yeah, being in charge of like lots of assets that are being made consistently. Mm-hmm. Pretty much being in charge. Being in charge is a you know like when I was an animator and I was wondering why I was getting feedback late. You know what I mean? When you when you on the other side where you have all these responsibilities and you have to keep these plates spinning at the same time efficiently, you start to appreciate. The, the supervisors and leads that got you information who were just available. You're like, this guy must have been super crazy organized. But luckily, JP and Neth had set me up for success. You know? And even when I got the, the job, I talked to Neth. I called him and was like, hey, Neth, this is responsibility I'm going to be taking. What advice do you have based mm-hmm. on you've done similar roles? What would you advise me to consider and think about? Do you have any books I could read? And he recommended lots of great books on leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the great books I read is a book called The Humble Approach. Mm-hmm. I think it's called A Humble Approach. Great book, small read, short read, but it teaches you a lot about modern techniques of leading and supervising. But during my time at Fog Bank, it was not a cultural fit. It was definitely not a cultural fit. And again, no offense to all the wonderful people that work there, but I was depressed. So it wasn't a cultural fit from the studio. It was more on your side. Reflecting back and thinking about it, it was something internal from it, you? Both internal and external. Uh-huh. I felt like just like the the group of personalities, the experience I had there. Oh, so you didn't get to build. Once you were the cinematic director, you didn't get a chance to build your team? You already came into a I team. I came that into was a team that was already built. Uh, like that, just the structure that there of there could lie the problem. Yeah, yeah, but again, no offense to them because... I took that job because I loved the people I had interviewed with. Right. Right? They were and a reflection of who you thought the rest of the studio was going exactly. to be. Exactly. Yeah. But here's the thing. Sense. not Again, like, please don't of take, course take not. away of thinking course not. that, like, this is all the horrible people. No, they're all wonderful people. Of course not. But you sometimes you don't jive with people that mm-hmm. well. So I had some experiences that, for me, are not okay. Mm. 
I had some experiences there that for me are like, I would, I, I wouldn't want to ever go through anything like that again. And that's my personal opinion. And wow, again, that happened. It's, it looked like that happened pretty late from all the other experiences you had in your career to prepare you for yeah. whatever has happened. Yeah. And, and there were still new things. Yeah. It, it's shocking. And interesting. That's interesting. And it was a very important lesson for me because like I was making the most money at the time I'd made in my career. Right. Uh, had money's not everything. That's, that's where it yeah. shows you money's not everything. I had an opportunity to, to, to live in the Bay Area that I loved so much because I did mm -hmm. my college there. So many of my it's friends are in the area, area. right? Yeah. Um, but I was like, I was, notice I described it as being depressed. Took me a while to realize that I was being depressed. That's so recent though, uh, man. Yeah. I mean, it's, it says you were during, there for seven months, but that's like, during that time, we're only halfway through you, the year. Dude, my life moves. Uh, during that time, also, I found out my dad was diagnosed with stage five kidney failure. Oh. But it came at a time where the way it worked out with production, it could have seemed like possibly maybe I was making an excuse for something. Mm. And um, this is me. You can read between the lines if necessary. Yeah. But basically what I'm saying is that the way my experience went there was something that I personally didn't want to experience. Right. Well. And I was unhappy. Yeah. And I, I was, you know, like, and this is why I'm saying that that job is, the people there who are amazing, who tell you the job is the best job in the world ever, but it wasn't for me. And sometimes you have to try things to learn that it wasn't for you. And yeah, I love directly, but then also I understand the kind of person I am. I'm a hard worker. It helps you grow, though. Right, it does, big so time. So even though you were there for seven months, big dude, there's so much I learned. Auras were clashing or whatever is yeah, happening. Yeah. You still needed to experience that to move forward. Dude, yeah, exactly. So. But I'm excited for what they're working on. There's some, there's so many great ideas that I hope get executed and and people appreciate them as much as I did. Mm. So I can't wait. I can't wait for the world to see what Fog Bank is doing because mm -hmm. that was the studio that okay. Fox started. Um, because some brilliant finds, some brilliant, some of some of the scripts I read were some of this could be humongous. Yeah. Games you said Fox started, so that's from yeah. Fox Studios. Yeah. Okay. Fox uh, opened up a Fox Next division because ah. they wanted to, you know, they yeah, they, yeah. they talked about it publicly. They want to get into games. They want to do. Yeah, because I've a, heard of Fox in Next. A meaning, that's actually yeah. a name of one of their. And studios. they want to they want to do it in a meaningful way. Mm. And Fogbank was one of the studios they created. Ah, okay. And uh, Fogbank cool. focused primarily. That's this specialization is in narrative based st story mm, games. Storytelling. Exactly. Okay. Gotcha. Which for me that was like sounded amazing because that's like that's right up my alley. Um, but in reality that f it was not for me. And I, I you know it was a time in my life where I was not happy. It's actually saddest I've ever been in my life. Well just to call me on that everybody goes through those moments exactly. in, in industry in any profession I would believe. But everybody experiences it. Again, it's one of those weeding out moments of how bad do you want it? Yep. What more do you need to learn? Yep. And how are you willing to grow to adapt? Yeah, and I'm sharing this because, like, it's, it's just being honest. Like, the industry is an amazing place, but it's not necessarily an easy place. Yeah, it's a beast. And you're going to have any ups and downs like you would at any other job, mm -hmm. like any other professional setting. You're going to, like, you know people who, like, worked 25 years as a lawyer and then quit and became the, this other job? A chef. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, people, you, you change. Sometimes what you think is what you want. When you get it, it's actually... You don't know until it happens. You know, that's why these experiences are really important. And they sometimes confuse people, too, because that person still needed to experience that 25 years of being a lawyer before they could have 
open their own restaurant or become probably, that chef. Yeah, probably made them a, a better chef. Exactly. In ways that they probably know, or sometimes they don't even realize, right? Yeah. And around this time, um, in my career, I'd applied to Blizzard nine times. Yeah. At various points. And for the first time, I heard back. Oh, wow. So it was one of those times of like, this sounds like perfect timing. It, 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 we could break down how granularly weird all these things happened mm -hmm. so that I ended up where I am. Mm -hmm. But um, I, again, I discussed with Mina and we were like, hey, how's this going to affect the opportunities you? Because she was also taking animation collaborative classes and she loved it. Mm, she okay. had uh, Grant Alexander, an amazing uh, illustrator slash visual development artist from Pixar who was like helping mentor her at the time. So you motivate her to go into those courses as well? Of or course. did she see Dude, she is, what you were doing and she was like, hmm, I kind of want to experience that. No, she's just as passionate as I am. Okay, okay. She, like, yeah, she's on top of my stuff. I don't need to suggest anything for okay. her at all. Nice. Like w if I'm up at 4 a.m. animating, she's up till 4 That's designing awesome. characters awesome. every night, back to back. Like, so there's no... There's that sounds like a beautiful studio home life because yeah. it's very uncommon. I'll tell you that it's uncommon to be in a relationship with someone yeah, that is. you share the industry with and then you both are ebbing and flowing. Super, and like, super grateful. Do we, we do everything together. We play video games together. That's we awesome. hang out together. We go to the gym together every morning. Awesome. It's like and you're on the same schedule, it sounds like, too. <laughs> always on the same yeah. schedule, which is, which, is, which is amazing. Yeah. But, again, discuss, like, discuss with the people who are important in your life. Discuss with the people that care about you and decide what to do. And again, like I told you, like, it was tough because like, um, the, the opportunity at Fog Bank could have helped me take care of my dad a little bit more, but it was tough because I was also really not happy. But anyways, I decided, you know, I'm going to take a risk and move down to Irvine. Mm -hmm. And this was your first time in Irvine yeah, too? Because it sounds like you've in been Irvine. in the Bay like for a good part of your career. Yeah, just Bay, New York, back to Bay, because I know that the Bay is like home. Yeah. Majority of my time in... HQ. In, in, yeah, Bay is Bay. Yeah. Right? And um, yeah, so I moved down to Irvine, took this job, and man, like, of course, like, there's a lot of confidential projects happening at Blizzard, but it's public knowledge that I work at Blizzard. Anyone can look at my uh, mm -hmm. my LinkedIn. LinkedIn and see that. Yeah, right there it is. But and you so you started in January. Yeah. So six months in. Yeah. Like, that's how. So how would you? Because when you look at when you look at your history, you know, seven months that was a long time to be a fog bank. Mm -hmm. You have a lot of three months, a lot of getting your feet wet in mm -hmm. certain areas, and you had your two years and seven months here, mm -hmm. one year and four months for the short film, which mm -hmm. is still. But then you have one month, three months. So like, how does that? You know, how do how do you reflect back on that and go like, man, you know, because there's sometimes. From what I've learned about you tonight is mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, as some of the companies you were only there for three months, you know, you feel like you didn't have the opportunity to give your best or to put your best foot forward, whether it was outside influences from something or, you know, maybe the timing just wasn't right within what was jiving with the work expectation yeah. and, you know, where you were personally. That's a good question because, so. like, some of them I felt like, like Atomic Fiction, I felt like... I didn't have the opportunity to, to show them what I felt I could do mm -hmm. versus others where I chose to leave mm -hmm. because I wanted to do something different or pursue different interests or just, you know, follow a different goal or dream. Now, I've been here six months now, and I will tell you the best job I've ever had. Just You've like, had a lot of preparation before getting there, too. That's true. From, a lot, from what I'm learning about your best story tonight. Best job I've ever had. But here's the funny thing. 
Um, I always wondered how, if somebody asked me, I, uh, what is it like working at Blizzard? That my answer is it's not what I expected, hmm. in a good way. You know, like not, and people be like, "Oh, so you don't like it?" It's not that I don't like it. It's just I came in expecting things to go a certain way, mm-hmm. and they didn't. Mm-hmm. They went a completely different way. Okay. And at the time, you feel like, "Oh, is this the way I wanted it to go?" But actually, it turns out it's the way it needed to go. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know what I mean? And man, I I go to work excited. Blizzard's That's good. Blizzard's a special place. The culture is incredible. Like, you know, I, I, I read in the news all kinds of things all the time. News, news is going to be news, right? But I can tell you that I love my job. I go to work excited to be there. If given the opportunity, I could stay there working. So thank God those guys love us enough to be like, hey, guys, go home. Relax. Have lives. You know what I mean? But the culture is so... I can't speak for everyone, but my team and the people who surround me every day are awesome. They're so talented. Like, I see their work, their wall. But now, put the work aside. That's human beings. You know, I've worked jobs where I have lunch with people because I have to. Mm. I have lunch with people here because I want to. Mm. You know what I mean? And for people who haven't been in the industry, that may not sound like a big deal. But being able to work with people in large numbers that you actually genuinely like, because, you know, your, your, your workmates don't have to be your best friends. Mm-hmm. But Sometimes they become your family exactly. because you're, you're there so often. It, stuff, that's so. true. But imagine a scenario where you genuinely love, like, okay, um, there's lots of stuff I can't give as examples because of right. confidentiality. Of, of, course, of course. But I can tell you that I started a GoFundMe to raise 21,000 US dollars for my dad's surgery. Oh, wow. And a lot of the people that showed up were my workmates. Oh, wow. Right? Did he have the surgery already? Or no, he, actually, my friend's right now in India. They just registered in the hospital this morning. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, this is all happening. Dude, life has been crazy. Yeah. But I can tell you that I am blessed to be surrounded by such inspiring, such, like, and no one, no one looked, you know, like, when someone is going through something like my dad, what he's going through, mm-hmm. you know, you wonder how to, like, do you talk to you, like, do you, how do you treat them, like, you know? Right. These guys are so professional. I never felt segregated, separated, never got special treatment. They handled it in a way that just always just kept me fired up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And man, I love my job. As you've seen from uh, past Blizzard projects, uh, I'm on the cinematic team specifically. Mm-hmm. And so if, if, if anyone watching this looks up what the cinematic team has done or what they do, you can see that there's a variety in work that they put out, mm-hmm. all kinds of styles, all kinds of qualities. And like, it's awesome. Like, man, I'm, I'm never bored. Yeah, it's it's awesome. I'm learning a ton, learning a ton. Every day is a learning experience. I work with people who like, I get shots I've never animated before all the time, left, right, center. It's like new experience, new person, new workflows, new. It's 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 for me, it's the kind of place I always dreamt of being. Mm-hmm. And so having having been blessed by the opportunity to be here, is amazing. But also, I wanna you know when you want it's like let's say. This is one of the companies I always want to work for. Right. So it it is kind of funny that I'm actually working at a company. So wait, how did you how did you learn about Blizzard? Because you do have a unique front end story and then the work history. So yeah. how did did you learn about Blizzard because you just knew they were in the industry? Or no. what turned you on to them that so, first time? You said what nine times you applied. What was that first thing that turned you on to them? Man, it was the cinematics. Mm-hmm. It was then. Do you remember what product? Of the I cinematic year watch, you were like, do dang remember. it, that's the one I want. That, I, that is beautiful. I want to work there. I do remember the exact one. All right, what was it? 
it was Wrath of the Lich King. Ooh. I remember. Yeah, I yeah, the fro- it was I like saw the like, frozen one. Because yeah. we don't talk, yeah, we don't talk about World of Warcraft and whatever. Yeah, yeah. And. The first time I saw Wrath of the Lich, I may have that sent. That was a good trailer. I may have sent. I may have sent a, an application in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I was not like, ready. Just out of ju- yeah. Like, here's my application. I want to yeah. apply. Uh, Dude, the first time yeah. I saw that, like, man. Yeah, that was a good one. Chills. Yeah. And like the voice acting, like I remember, yeah. like when 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 uh, there was a line when my son was born, a voice cried, "Power!" Like just the narration was so. Epic Dramatic. and yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's just like as a kid, like I don't I don't understand acting and performance and who the character is and how he fits in the world. Mm-hmm. I'm just seeing cool, inspiring, badass. Like how did they do that stuff? Yeah. And yeah. then there was a dragon, and there were like the zombie guys who came to life, and I, I j- and then I'm like, okay, what is this? And then Blizzard kept knocking out these like World of Warcraft like cinematics. Mm-hmm. There's like Warlords of Draenor, and like they just and the quality was always like. Amazing. Yeah. At that time, it was on the same par of uh, Blur. Like, the Blur Studio stuff was always amazing. And it was just like, man, it's just like, it was just one of those things of, like, I'd I'd love to work, do that for a living. And Mm -hmm. so I I used to watch a lot of, like, their interviews. I'd hunt them down all the time. So, like, my two supervisors at work now, I've known them for a long time. Just never met them before. Mm. You know what I mean? Because I'd always see their, I knew their faces, I knew their names, I knew their work, I knew who directed what pieces, just because I liked the studio that much. That's cool. And um, it's it's humbling to have been such a a fanboy, have been such a fan, and then one day have the opportunity to, to interview I remember, like, when I had the interview, I told these guys, like, hey, no matter how this goes, I just want you guys to know that it's actually a big honor to have had the opportunity to have interviewed with people who have inspired me for years. Mm-hmm. And that has nothing to do with whether or not I'm qualified for this job. And I just, just wanna... saying that, though, goes a long way. I It goes a long way in the interview process. Well, you know, like... Because I, it shows your passion. Yeah, I wouldn't know what how they felt about it, but yeah. for me... I know I am here because they want to see if I'm a right fit for them culturally and to deliver a specific journey. But I am not blind to the fact that this is an opportunity that many people want and I'm here. And whether or not I get it, the mere fact that I was in that room was meant a lot to me. And you know, some people get hung up by taking interviews and not getting it. For me, it's learning experiences. Mm -hmm. And let's say I've had an interview that went horribly before. And I learned from it because I was like, why, why didn't that go well? And, you know, the next ones went better because I was able to retrospect, to sit back and analyze why, why that one interview didn't go well and be like, what happened? And you'll always have those. Yeah. Like that's, again, that's a part of the growth aspect of it. Because just like when you take that test, you're like, man, I did good on that test. But then you're like, crap, I got to see on that test. It's the same thing. The interview might have gone well. But even if you don't get the position, you're still like, man, what did, was it me? Was it them? Was yeah. I not a fit? What happened? And and here's the thing. Also, also working at a studio like this, like there's so many animators who are better than I am. But you seem better is a subjective word, because like that's good what, though too, because that those are all pillars for you to learn from exactly and grow in different ways. Exactly. So it's like it's like it is. We are there's so many animators who complement each other in so many different ways, and so many people who've worked on. The Lynch King cinematic that got me there. So you know when I got in, you're hunting for I'm those people. Hunting for those people. <laughs> Did you work yeah. on Lynch King? Did you work on Lynch you King? You know, I can see that. You That's know that I'm hunting for these people. Yeah. When you find them, you gotta be like, okay, so I want to scare him off. Yeah. Because I actually want to learn from the guy. Yeah. But here's the thing: some animators are afraid of being 
excited. Okay, anyone who works with me knows that I'm unapologetically a fan of animation. Yeah. I'm unapologetically a fan of movies. Yeah. So like, I get excited because I'm like, man, what we do is awesome. Yeah, it is. Man, we come to work every day and we get to make movies that inspire. We get to like do acting and awesome fight scenes and film ourselves doing really embarrassing things we never want to be on the internet yeah. because we need to do research. You know, it's 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 beautiful. So for people who want to do animation, it's a very fulfilling and beautiful thing that like it's to me even projects I work on when I get to see them, it's like magic. It's like I I I have times when I'm sitting I'm like I can't believe I was part of that. Wow. You know, some people may think that like um I don't like I'm still growing as an animator. I want to be better. Everyone is I don't all know, the time. The people that stop growing are the people that you need to go, hmm. Yeah, right? Yeah. Because like there's always so much, you can always do so much better, mm-hmm. right? And so it's like, I see my work all the time and I want to do better. I see stuff I worked on, I'm like, man, that was awesome. The power of collaboration, it's an amazing thing. The yeah. things you can do when you and people come together to make stuff. But it's fascinating because now we're talking about working at Blizzard. But we briefly mentioned that that applied nine times and failed. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. I don't think it could have happened any other way. And you were at a different place each of those nine times exactly. you apply. You're like, I got the skills, I'm going to apply. I got the skills at this point, I'm going to apply. Yeah. You know? But I think um, Byron Howard, uh, director of um, Big Hero 6, one of the two directors of Big Hero 6, they did a Facebook Live video where um, they, were just, they were just available for fans to ask them questions. And um, somebody asked, so how did you guys make it in the industry? And I believe Byron's response was like, by staying in the industry. People who stay in, make it. And he, and this is something that I think is very important. Um, if, they, if there's a piece of advice, I know you haven't asked for advice or anything like that, but if there's a piece of advice I'd like to give aspiring animators, if there's like one thing I could say that if I didn't say it, I'd feel bad if I didn't let them know, it's that, you know, Keep trying. And the reason I say keep trying is because it's going to apply to so many different aspects from a high level to a very tiny level. Uh, Byron Howard talked about when he said that, you know, the people that stay in the industry make it in the industry. The industry is not an easy place. It's not like, it's like people be like animations making movies and stuff. It's hard work. It's hard work just like any other job is hard work. Just like having a farm and running animals is hard work, Right? But if you stick at it, if you stick at it, at least you're sure of one thing, that every time you're doing it, that's one step towards building that skill to get you where you want to go. But once you stop, of course you're never going to get there because you stopped. Now you may be like, but that guy made it in a year and this guy made it in two years. Nobody cares how long it took you to make it. Now, Walt Disney, people talk about, oh, look at Disney movies. Oh, they own the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Has anyone taken a second to read the man's biography? To read, there's a, there's a nice movie called Walt Before Disney. A couple of people don't know that he was homeless at some point. Yeah, but he wouldn't have been anything without his wife, though. Right? Because right. he was going to do Mortimer Mouse, right? It was like, right? what are you doing? But you see, that's what I'm saying. So many there's people. There's a lot of history there. There's an animator at Pixar called, I don't even know if it's still at Pixar, called Aaron Hartline. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this guy's journey, he went through so much. Um, I want to retell his story. If people look up Aaron Hartline and his story of how he got into animation, no one says it better than him. But I always remember that no matter how hard animation got for me, no matter how hard life got for me, 
if that man could make it through what he made it through, who am I to complain? It gave me perspective, you know? So, like, people, yeah, I'm always happy and smiley and, like, fun. I love animation. But it's hard. Sometimes it's like, am I going to get this shot done in time? Mm-hmm. Is this shot going to be good enough? Do I, know what, do I know what I'm doing? Like, I delivered the other shot. Why is this shot not working? Those um, questions come up almost <laughs> with every show because even though you know what you're doing and you know the routine, you, we are our own worst critic, mm-hmm. but we are also our best motivators. Because you, once you are able to calm that voice that's questioning everything, you just get back, get back into the routine of things and you're just like, oh, good, I'm delivering. I'm doing everything that, that mm-hmm. I know I can do. And but also I learned that's that awesome. my favorite animators, the guys I've looked up to for, for years, they have the same exact questions yeah. all the time. Yeah. It's just, dude, and what's great is they're not shy about it. When you see this guy you look up to being like, dude, it's like I forgot how to animate. I'm like, what? It's so inspiring. It happens. But yeah. it's taught me to not put on a show. It's taught me to be humble and be honest. To be yourself. To be myself. And like, so I think I'm like this person who loves animation because it's a dream. And I wake up every day and I, 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 I'm one of those people who pray. And I'm, I, I thank God. Like, I'm not saying that people need to thank God, but this is what I do. I thank God for like the opportunity. I thank God for being where I am because like I get to come to work and move keyframes and make cool stuff. I'm just grateful that I get to do this thing because I always wanted to do it. And I know there are millions of people out there who don't get to do stuff that they love. You had a, I think it's a very unique story because in the beginning, like it could have gone either way, it sounds Dude. like. Yeah. But I, once you had your mindset on it, it almost sounds like your path was like already carved into getting to where you are, into what you're doing right now with the joy you're getting from work. Because just like I didn't, like I said, I've never, we've, this is the first time we actually spoke yes, and true. met. And so, like, taking in the whole story, it really does sound like your passion you had up front, regardless of like the soft skills and the things that you've learned along the way, you already knew and you followed and you stayed true to what your dream was and where your dream took you, which was, you know, being the cinematic animator at Blizzard. It's one of those things where, you, like you, like yourself, you said, you know, it was, it's what you've wanted. It's what you've been looking for. Yeah. Even though you went to some places where you could um, execute some leadership skills or you could execute just being an animator or doing the mocap with the facial animation and cleaning up things. It's like all of that you've acquired, you're able to put into where you are now. And each one of those positions, not uh, second cutting anybody that you worked with, there was still a joy meter there that wasn't fulfilled. You weren't truly fulfilled. You've learned and did a lot. You've experienced a lot. You met a lot of people. You have a lot of great friends. But each one of those positions from your story that, you know, that I can recall is like the joy, this joy was not completely fulfilled. Like even when you moved from New York, you were in a good place. You were in a good position. You were doing great. But you're like, you know what? I need to make a sacrifice mm-hmm. for the betterment of two people, mm-hmm. not just myself. So it's a, it's a lot of things. It may have been harder if, you know, Blizzard was in New York and you were at Blizzard. Would you have still made that choice? Like, there's a lot of things in play in your story that I think um, has helped guide you to stay and adapt well, to this would, industry. I would be thankful that, you know, um, luckily I'm young. Mm-hmm. And um, I have to be thankful that I've taken a lot of risks. I've quit jobs and moved mm-hmm. with no plan. Yeah, that's like, that's like a number one no-no for me. Like, at least have something lined up. Because that, like I said, that can go 
any yeah. either way. Yeah, if your be. friend didn't give you a call, or maybe you missed that call, maybe because yeah. you were in transit, yeah. you never got to talk to him. Yep. He might not have called back, or yeah. you wouldn't have known who, whose number is this. What yeah. happened? Well, or because of production needs, they could have had to call someone else. Yeah. Um, but yes, I've been fortunate in those regards. But I do believe that if you don't buy the ticket, you can't win the lottery. Like I knew that I wanted to make it at a studio like this so badly that I was willing to take the risks to make it happen. Of course, when I say I had no plan, of course I had a plan, right? You know, I saved up some money, I had plan Bs, plan Cs, plan Ds, because you don't just jump in with no complete plan. You, you work within the limits of what you had, but also, luckily at that point, I also had had a portfolio that I knew could possibly get me another job. So it wasn't like, you have to be honest with yourself. Like, and I feel like as a student, sometimes we're like, remember if I went back and I was like, why didn't I get into the, the first pixel class, mm-hmm. the second pixel class? Mm-hmm. I wasn't being honest with myself. Mm-hmm. If I look back at my work, it, it sucked. So if I could go back in time, I would be more honest with myself. I would be more humble and be like, that guy got in. Hey, you got into this class that I really want to get into. Why do you think you got in? Is there anything you could advise me? Um, if not, do you mind, could you maybe talk to your instructor and ask, tell him, like, I met this guy who really wants to know why he didn't get in, but not in an arrogant way. Mm-hmm. Like, he just wants some advice so that he knows what to work on so he can try next time. Mm-hmm. I would ask those questions. I would go back and be like, instead of being upset, instead of being frustrated, you know, asking because, like, you you got to take risks to get what you need to do, but you have to have a plan. And to get a plan, you have to be humble and be aware of where you are and where you want to go and make make goals to get there. Like, I wanted to work at a studio like Blizzard. I wanted to study at the Admission Club to improve my skills. I'm in New York. I can't get those things. And New York is a great place for art. Exactly. In animation. So I'm like, I'm going to take the risk and move. So I can hopefully pursue the things I want to pursue. But also, another funny thing about it having gone either way is I have friends who, when we graduated, got straight into Pixar and Disney. Mm. And as an animator who sometimes we measure our success by the companies that have been successful. But we forget that when this company started, they weren't successful. They started just like any other company could be starting right now. Like people... It's one thing to join a legacy, but what if you created a legacy, mm-hmm. you know? Um, luckily, I've talked to people who've given me perspective. I remember being like, man, I'm not a good animator because I didn't get into Pixar. Hey, man, I'm not a good animator because I've never got into Disney. But man, I got into 2K games and I worked in mocap, and man, I got into this. Of course, I wasn't, I wasn't that sad about it, but there was a part of me that felt like I could do better. And that's not that these places were... Whereas it's just that I was measuring myself against a, a specific ideal or image I had in my head. But today, I wouldn't have it either any other way because each of those places taught me skills, whether it's life skills, whether it's animation skills, whether it's personalities, whether it's friends that contribute to my day-to-day animation today. Every single one of those, like there's the some I can rig, I can script a little bit. There's certain technical stuff that I can, the, the, the situations where it's like, guys, I got this. You know what I mean? That all those other roles set me up for that moment. That had I not been at th- this other role, 
There's no way I could have been able to do that. Mm-hmm. There's no way I could have been able to, to help that. So, in a way, it happened the way it should have. On your path, yes. Yes. But that path. is a good message that you're saying to people looking yeah. to get into the studio. So, it's like you may be you more humble. And exactly. You may, you may want to get in the studio and be at this other studio and feel like you need to get do better. But, you know... <coughs> It's not all like roses and, you know, mm-hmm. an ice cream everywhere you go. Yeah. A lot of people don't take the time to reflect back on where they've been and how that contributed to where they are. And it's good in the moments too, when you're living in those moments to like take a step back and be like, oh, be appreciative still, you know, and not just at the end be appreciative, you know. And it's, and also another awesome thing is like, um, from a non-animator perspective, I know maybe some people listening to this wanting to get more like gritty, we need a gritty animation. And uh, if there's any new gritty animation stuff you want me to talk about, that'd be great. But also it's nice to reach back to the connections and friends you made or the mm-hmm. missed opportunities. And remember that one friend I told you I wasn't th- that close with? Mm-hmm. I reached out to him. And yeah, I so that's important. So how did, how did that go? Did You guys were at different studios yeah. at this time. Did you... You've looked them up and you found them, or yeah, how did that happen when I, you I, were able to reconcile that that bond? I reached out to him, and you know, first of all, he apologized for having been mm-hmm. poor at my communication, mm-hmm. and let him know the honest truth is like, man, I really love your work. You're an amazing animator, and like, I know, like that one time when I commented on your work, it may have rubbed you the wrong way, and that's my fault because I didn't communicate it to you what I wanted to you in a way that was you know, that was deserving of you to listen to, you know? And we weren't that close. Who was I to just come, like, yeah. say something I would describe as mean about your shot, whether or not I was being honest your, or helpful. Your intentions yeah. weren't mean, but, but from the place you were coming from, it wasn't received. Yeah, but I've grown since. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to appreciate what he has to offer. And um, if there's anything at any point he also feels I have to offer, I'd be more than willing to share and talk about mm-hmm. it. And you'd be amazed at how people appreciate stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It goes a long way. Like all my past leads, like, yeah, I've left jobs, right? But I've messaged my past leads being like, man, you know, your advice went a long way in getting mm-hmm. me wherever I am. And I, I go back and I thank them all the time. That's because they remember. They still remember those moments. Not where you are right now, but they remember that guy who was so passionate, who was asking me these questions, who I was helping guide, they remember those yeah, moments, hopefully. which is important to them too. Yeah, hopefully you make you make them proud because I'm pretty sure they're sad to see you leave, mm-hmm. especially when they've helped grow you. Sometimes they're pissed to yeah, see you leave because they're like, true. we need you on the team. You're Luckily, like, oh. I think I've had good leads who always wanted what was best for me Ooh, as well. that's important. Yeah, so like, like one of the hard ones was leaving New York because JP, mm-hmm. I think wanted me to grow. And he had his specific plan of offering me bite-sized chunks of responsibilities so I could grow without being overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Um, But unfortunately, just, you know, needs of just me, not just me, but my partner as well, accelerated our decision to departure. Mm -hmm. Um, So that, that, that had happened that way as well. Well, here's something we have not talked about. So you mentioned, um, with growing in animation and working on stuff that you've uh, had to find your style, you had to find your passion, find you how to make the emotion come through in your performances or in your animation. How did you, and at what point was it, how did you deal with 
working and conforming to a set style for a project because that's the one thing i i don't think i heard you touch on at all about about a lot of it has been like that self-reflection about how am i going to find my inner self put that into the story i'm trying to tell or what i'm trying to do and so when i'm listening to uh, I'm thinking back and listening to what you said in your stories about how some of these positions at at jobs didn't work out. Um, it make it, it in the back of my mind. I kept thinking, well, he hasn't said anything yet about it. Like, how have you been able to adapt to a style that's been set by another animator or by another lead? And was that some of the cause of issue at some of the other places? Now that you can res- retrospectively look back at those, okay. or or not. So, um, I can talk about that a little bit. Of course, it's nice that you asked for some clarification because, again, having worked at different studios, I have to be respectful of information that could potentially just affect how somebody views. Because you know, this is all my perspective and my opinion of exactly. Of yeah, and I'm not. I'm not right? looking. I'm not looking for an answer or a conversation to like. We're not. Uh, belittling anybody yeah, we're not like we're not trying to yeah yeah and don't and don't even like, yeah. yeah and don't even please uh because you've already told me that you like to think about things before you speak please yeah don't we're, it's not about negativity the whole point of this is to um yeah. allow people who may be in your similar situation currently or are looking to change careers how they can best guide themselves and so like the question about conforming to another animation style i'm just i'm just curious about how you were able to do that when it happened yeah so there's there's two levels to that one is on there's a style in the sense of like the quality of execution the look the design and the direction the way it's going to appear and have its form of appeal and there's the other side of like how it's technically executed workflow um so like when i got to vicarious visions in new york i had to work stepped because the style that was the bane of it you did not like that one yeah the pipeline was based on this specific it's not that there's there's different ways of working. People people make smart decisions for a reason. You know? Like pipelines are set up a certain way because mm-hmm. that's what works. Mm-hmm. And before you can come and start shaking things up, you need to understand why things were put the way they were. And getting there, the pipeline was heavily stepped. And you know it's like your first job doing like keyframe cinematic animation and they're like, Okay, so you're gonna do your, your idea pass, which is your main key poses and then like that's not how I work. It's kinda like, okay, uh so to be honest, um, I had to do it that way. Yeah. And that's a very, I think Vicarious Visions was um, going down that path of doing more cartoony-esque mm-hmm. with the Spyro, that remake of the Spyro stuff they started doing and the mm-hmm. Skylander stuff that mm-hmm. they were doing, um, which makes sense for Posed, like that stepped, because you, you start getting into like, what are the more extreme exaggerated poses, the master yeah. keyframes? So so that's important for that. So let me, let me talk about work for a little bit. Okay. So I, I'd mentioned earlier that as a lad guy who created animation one channel at a time, mm-hmm. truth be told, I still create animation the exact same way today. But my That's called something, right? Isn't it? it they I call mean, it layered animation. That's they call what, it what? Layered animation. Okay. That's uh-huh. why people why I like I do the cog first. That by cog I mean the center of gravity of yeah, the character yeah. or the character's hips mm-hmm. and work my way out adding more complexity. Layering. You're yeah. layering or layering on the motion. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's like what's the base layer? What's the layer above that? I still work that way till this day. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's, 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 it's different because from being a student and being a professional, again, blocking has to be really clear. Mm-hmm. So by the time you see my shot, it doesn't look like, it, 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 it's not like things are missing. When, you see, when I show you my blocking, 
you'll see the character fully animated, acting the thing out, communicating all the ideas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In some people's minds, sometimes it looks like I've been working on it for longer than I have mm. because it's, it's moving and it's timed out. But that's just experience. That's learning how to execute that faster, learning how to get the things I need to communicate faster. However, when I moved into uh, Vicarious Visions at the time, I worked that way, but my posing was not really strong because you're mm-hmm. still growing as an animator. I mm-hmm. felt like I had a weakness in, in terms of pose design, pose appeal. And this is around the time when I fell in love with Norman Rockwell. Mm-hmm. There's a book called Behind the Painting with, of Norman Rockwell where he shows his reference. And I became, I became obsessed with seeing how he took his reference where he used live people and interpreted that into his paintings. It's a great masterclass mm-hmm. in, in this man knew how to tweak poses to make them better. Mm-hmm. And then also being forced to work pose to pose forced me to think about the poses. Thinking I ahead. hated it. I hated working that way. Now, what was it? Was it because you're working in stepped in your graph editor and then... Uh, you continue to work stepped or did you go from step to like, okay, let me put this back in linear and then you're so, like, oh, this does not look like what I no, wanted from the interpolation. That's not why I hated it. I hated it because the best way I can explain it is like, let's say I'm animating a bouncing ball. Okay. I'm animating, a, I'm going to stick my hand in the screen. Okay. I'm animating a bouncing ball going across the camera like point, point, point. Mm-hmm. If someone was to do that stepped, they'd be like, keep us, keep us, keep us, keep us, mm-hmm. keep us, keep us, keep us. Break down, break down, break down, mm-hmm. break down, break down, break down, break down. We need more poses at the top because we need to like, hang you know, time, need hang time, yeah. maybe stretch, whatever. And you didn't like that? But, but for, it has a but purpose. But for me, but, okay. it's like, you're just trying to describe, if I look at the graph editor, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that translation up and down curve mm-hmm. is just doing this, like the curve in time. He's just going up, down, up, down, up, down. I'm doing all these poses that are just describing this curve. Why can't I just put the curve there? Oh, yeah. See, you, you can work that way, too. So my brain is like, why can't I just put the curve there? So in situations where I had to do all these poses, mm-hmm. I'm like, I could get it done in a quarter of the time by just literally putting the information I need to put where it needs to go. But you know what's important about that? Um, it's just like the things you mentioned before about when you did the Pixar class, they took you back to the fundamentals. It's something about posing it out visually and seeing what you're doing. It would help you with speed. Actually, um, it was the opposite. Well, okay, yeah. Because for me, like, uh, in posing out stuff, like, you can lay out stuff really quick. Or I can lay out stuff really fast. Mm-hmm. Really fast animator when it comes to doing stuff like that. Um, but there are people who can visualize the curves and do it in the yeah, curve editor and, and faster. Yes. And that's what I'm them. saying. Yeah. Everyone, everyone's different. And like for yeah. me, it was frustrating because I could construct those exact same poses yeah. faster the other way. Hmm. However, like I said, doing it that way forced me to look at it in a different... So new company, new job. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to mess with the system. I'm a young animator. I work exactly how they wanted me to work. Mm-hmm. I did it pose by pose by pose by pose. Mm-hmm. As they built, as I got some shots under my belt, mm-hmm. they stopped heavily monitoring how I work. Well, I'm, I'm looking, yeah, but I'm looking more into that question was about, there's a style that's already been set mm-hmm. for the project, animation style. Okay, so how did, you, how did you go about conforming to an already pre-existing animation style 
not so much the form, the function. The mm-hmm. function is the pose to pose or straight ahead mm-hmm. or however so you the want, pipeline you, you is. So you want to talk about the style of like the way the characters move. Let's say like Have you found Crash Bandicoot, which is really Exactly, okay. So I come from, Crash Bandicoot was, let's start with Skylanders. Skylanders is more cartoony, mm-hmm. more childlike, mm-hmm. more exaggerated time. Actually not as exaggerated as you think. It's very naturalistic in many ways, but still there's some element of pushed animation. So... One, it's just paying attention to kickoffs. I don't think I struggled with it, but again, the best person to ask is my supervisor because he'd know the real truth. Right. So I'm not speaking. Well, well, self-critique is something good. You got to know. Yeah, you yeah, have to know yeah, at yeah. some point yeah, like I, how you I feel. I right? don't think I struggled with it because I didn't get a lot of redo this, redo that. Okay, that's a good again. indicator. So that's a good indicator that I'm heading in the right direction. But there was one shot where I had a learning moment where um, the shot was bid to take a certain number of frames. And in this shot, one of the characters is getting, like, a character had, like, a vacuum type of weapon device, mm-hmm. and it's sucking this character into the scene. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the way the storyboard blocked it out, when I got the shot, I was like, oh, you get the beats, I get the intention of the shot, I know what needs to happen. And the way I designed the shot was that the character came, like, they had the conversation, the character pulled out the vacuum type of device and sucked this guy in. But I felt like there were too many frames in the shot. And I was like, oh, the, the shot... Could we? I remember talking to him like, "Hey, I blocked out the shot, da, 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 but do you think we could, we could cut like a few frames earlier?" And his response was like, "Nah, I think you could milk that that him getting sucked into the thing a little bit more." I was like, "Milk it a little bit more." I was like, "Okay, okay." So I could have more fun with it. So I went back and I'm like, "Okay, cool." So I gotta use this time. So rather than having that motion happen, I made it a little bit more exaggerated. Where it pulled and he struggled and he pulled and his hands are flailing and they're rotating. I just I just used the frames I had, mm-hmm. and when I got that done, I sent it out. I was like, that that totally looks way better than what I had the first time. What I had the first time was very vanilla, it was very matter of fact, and it was a learning lesson of like sometimes there are times where it's necessary to really exaggerate for clarity and for entertainment. Mm-hmm. But maybe because I come from a culture of matter of fact, of course, my natural instinct was to do it in a more efficient way. And that was the point where I was aware that, huh, I have a tendency to do things more efficiently. But the beauty of working on a team, that's why you have a supervisor. Yeah. That's why he was there to give me that feedback. Yeah. He's aware of the top level. And that's why you have to be humble and trust your supervisors as well. That's right? good. That's good. There's yeah. no, there's not, there's no harm in like. That's not how you would do it. Try it. Try it first. Yeah. You don't know if you may like it. And guess what? As soon as I did it, it looked way better. You're like, holy crap! I didn't know I could do it. Yeah. Like and that. I, I run back and I'm like, man, thanks for that feedback, dude. It made the shot so much more awesome. That's good. Yeah, which that's it good. did. And like, I have to be. I always like to be honest, and I feel like showing people appreciation for the things that are making your work better. Because it's not my work. It's his work as well. It's our work together. Teamwork. Yeah, it's teamwork. And I think it's important when someone gives you feedback, sometimes people forget to go back and thank the people who let them know. Mm-hmm. I try as much as I can remember to always go back and be like, man, remember the one thing you told me? It made a huge difference. Thank you. You know, because I feel like they need to, to know that they're inspiring and giving you great advice too. Yeah. Yeah, That's and so awesome. that was like uh, a learning experience with style. And then also with uh, working on Destiny, which is more realistic, has a very unique style. There was another switch where it's like 
again, great supervisors. I feel like um, the leads were great at taking you through packets, character sheets, character bios, giving you examples. There's a lot of stuff to visually digest and then beginning you with bite-sized chunks, right? So you, 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 you're chomping at the bit a little bit. You have like a smaller shot, a bigger shot, a bigger shot, a bigger mm -hmm. shot. So by the time you get to the bigger shot, you've already gone through rounds and rounds of feedback that have helped you confirm your natural instincts into the instincts necessary to deliver the kind of shot you're working on. Right. And you've already, it sounds like you're building up or you had a good supervisor at that point to help you build up the character development part. Yeah. So that when it comes to like everybody working towards the same goal of the same style, you got that character development down yeah. that everyone can pull from. Yep. And then it's not about being like, you got to be like the guy that's sitting next to you. You got to animate like that guy does. It's more yeah. like, here's the Bible of the character. Yeah. Pull what you need and make it work. So, so yeah, in terms of style, that's been really helpful. Although you do get opportunities to affect the style. Right. Because sometimes you, you have an idea or you see an opportunity and you're like, sometimes it's, you take a risk and you block it out that way. Oh, you do two versions. Like, hey, I know this is the version you wanted, but I, uh, I felt like the shot needed something. If you have a, a, a moment, I did another Here's version. Here's the 3 a.m. version. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the yeah. One I, yeah. yeah, of course. Because, like, man, you, you love what you do and you want it to be the best. Yeah. And sometimes it's like, work ended at 7, but I really wanted to sell this idea. I'm going to stay a little bit late and get yeah. the idea I want in because if it makes the thing awesome, awesome. You That's know what I mean? Awesome, like, you, yeah. you enjoy it. I feel like I contributed a little bit. We all happy. Yeah, so... Well, that is very cool, man. I want to say thank you. This has been very interesting. Uh, I feel like I've made a new friend. Oh, this, awesome. is, this is very cool. Um, thank you for uh, the advice. Thank you for sharing your story. Okay. Thank you for... I hope you didn't feel like I wasted your time. No, man. <laughs> no, not at all. I think people are, are going to really get a kick out of learning more about you. And from looking at your LinkedIn profile and seeing like where you started, like from see from hearing you talk about it, it goes and gives you a lot more in-depth than what you see here. Sure. Because when you, when you know, coming from my background, and you're looking at people's, you know, like three months, seven months, six months. But then when you hear you talk about, like, what has transpired within those times or how you got those positions, and it's really cool. It's a very amazing story. It's very nice to see that um, you're able to have found the joy in the industry that so many people are searching for. Um, and then how you got there. So it's pretty cool. I think you've left a lot of gems, a lot of good messages within the interview um, that people can pull from to see, um, not so much to compare themselves to, but to see there's always still a brighter side no matter what you're going through. If you it's just true. maintain and you adapt and you stay positive. So that's, that's pretty awesome, man. I do Thanks. thank you very much for taking the time. No, thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. That's awesome. Well, cool, man. So I hope you guys learned something new. Uh, thanks. And that's all. Have a, have a good night.